Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. What is up, guys? It is, I think, Thursday, October 5th. We're right underway in hunting season. Right it's here. Beginning. Episode 593. Gosh. What are we doing for 600? <laughs> Getting blasted. Shit might get weird. Should we just, just have no guests and just yell for six hours? Yell at each other? Are we doing six hours? I think six, we kind of have to, right? 600 for six. We'll see, but we can't keep that up. Like I think after 600, we're <laughs> going to do no longer hours per... <laughs> when we hit 1,200, we're just like, God. 12, 12 hours? <laughs> no. You Taking shifts? <laughs> you can't do it. No, you can't do it. We could. After 600, we challenge ourselves. I mean, I would say we stop at 800, like put in a full regular day shift. Eight hours. Eight hours. Yeah. Could you imagine getting here at 7 a.m. starting and then getting done at 3.30? Holy moly. Do we get a lunch break? No. Nope. Okay, then we get off at 3. Nice. That's a better deal. Yeah. Hell yeah. Good thinking. <laughs> what about a 9 a.m. break, dude? Do we get 15 minutes? or a smoke break. This ain't a union job, bro. Yeah. No. All right. Well, I don't know. We'll have to talk about that. But uh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, I want to give a big shout out to Nick Hoffman yep. for flying his plane to our area Literally flew a plane. He flew himself here. Yes, to podcast with us in studio. What a gangster. And what's cool about that, he's a really humble guy for like some of the cool shit he's done. But when we talked, I was like, hey, do we just do a call on one? He's like, no, I want to be face to face with you guys. That's pretty damn cool. Yep. So shout out to Nick Hoffman, Nick's Wild Ride, amazing show. Um, I've been binge watching it before the episode really good dude. and then you know we recorded and it made me like love the show more amazing story i mean his whole background oh, freaking this, crazy. this podcast goes a lot of places oh. it does. it's pretty cool it's a fun episode but check out nick's wild ride on youtube outdoor channel i think it's one of the better shows out there from an entertainment standpoint and an educational standpoint and your wife would like to see it too yep yeah it's, it's just really good sam likes it loves it it's a show and you he has watch. a new um album coming out too yeah this month yep so look, look for that on Spotify. Look, look for that. Uh, so cool. Shout out to Nick. Nick's Wild Ride. Shout out to Huntworth Gear for help putting this episode together. Um, great people. Great partners. And shout out to our partners that make this podcast happen every week. Our dumbasses get together and talk about hunting. 
and we're able to do it the way we were able to do it because of Elite Archery. And we're proud to have Elite as our title sponsor. Um, check back a couple episodes ago with uh, Ryan and Larry. Yep. yep. Uh, talk a lot about Elite and respect the game and stuff like that. So check out Elite. Uh, Huntworth Gear, of course. We talk about Huntworth in this episode. Uh, they're taking over the game and hunting clothing. Um, I feel like they're popping up everywhere now. Yeah, and Nick's like literally tested it everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it's like I just can't use Huntworth for what I do. It's like, all right, call Nick and fucking argue yeah. with him because he will prove you wrong. He's been in like, I'm nowhere. In, yeah, if you're hunting stain right now, shut up. You're hunting Marco Polo sheep and somebody's stain. Oh, it's not enough for country. you, huh? Yeah. Oh, you can't. It doesn't work for you? It doesn't work in the Midwest for you when he's up at 15,000 yeah, feet hunting sheep. plug out. Drinking horse milk. Yeah, fermented horse milk. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a real thing that Nick did. Yeah. Watch his show. Uh, no, Huntworth, we absolutely love them. They've been great. Uh, use code WCB15. Get yourself into some Huntworth gear. Uh, Old Barn Taxidermy. I'm actually going to I'm gonna make a connection between Nick and Old Barn. See if we can't make some love chill in there. Got um, you. But Old Barn's the best in the game, man. Especially if you have black bears that you want them out there. Uh, world-renowned black bear taxidermist. Um, I think world-renowned taxidermist in general and the best people in the game. Hey, mm-hmm. and don't forget, everyone, because we are in the season now. They have drop-off points all around the U.S. So. Oh, you know what? And our annual uh, deer head giveaway. Game head giveaway. Yep. Yep. Did you, you just shoot a big buck? Look at you. Continue. Well, take it to Old Barn and enter a giveaway. Well, how the hell do I get in a giveaway? Oh, you show up there with your big old deer. Sam's like, holy shit, that's a good-looking buck. You're like, hell yeah. Give me that fucking good, good mount. Okay. He's like, I got you. The giveaway. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> and, he's, and then once you get the mount, you get mentioned. You mentioned that you listen to Working Class Bowhunter podcast. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, that's fantastic because those guys are sick. And write your name down this piece of paper. And we love them. And it's like, yeah, write your name on this piece of paper and you get entered. Okay. Good job, Doug. And you'd be surprised. Not that many people enter. So you could win a mount very easily. Good job. <laughs> so you just said a lot of people don't listen to our podcast. They listen, but they just bad hunters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like us. <laughs> They're like us. Uh, the podcast also brought to you by Trophy Line. Why do you like Trophy Line, Eric? I mean, why not? They make awesome bags. They make awesome saddles, platforms. I mean, everything you, you need. You guys going to saddle up a little more this season or what? I am. I'm going to kill right. a doe out of a saddle. It's my goal. Why can't you kill a buck out of a saddle? Well, I might. I just got to test on a doe first. I got you. Okay. We got Jordan, our intern, transferred over to the dark side of Trophy Line. The good he, side. He's a saddle, saddle whore. <laughs> hey. I am a saddle whore. He is. See. Yeah. All right. Saddle. Saddle whore. up. Become a saddle whore with us. <laughs> trophy line. Use code WCB twenty three ten. Get yourself into trophy line setup and camo fire. Doug loves plugging camo fire because he lives that life of what? Um, incognito. League of Brothers. <laughs> it does it for you. <laughs> Make all your purchases on Camel Fire. Just go incognito. Why? Because it's not traceable. Your wife won't find it. It's like Camel Fire is what Target is to women. Camel Fire is to men what Target is to women. Yeah, and if your wife doesn't support that, then pff, I don't know. Get a new play. one. <laughs> no? Divorce is a thing. Hey, there's options out there. Just <laughs> right. like Camel Fire brings you options. <laughs> options. You have the option to delete your browser history. <laughs> Discounts every week. You know what? Let's just pull it oh, up. Oh, no. Let's see Let's don't go on. on there. On this any given... My card's already declined. Doug's already got his fun out to order. Ooh, there's packs on here. 46% off revolving deals. You got five and a half hours to make a purchase. 
Uh, of packs there's on here. pullouts, luggage. Pullout? Those little zipper packs. Camp shovels, camp gear, knives, all sorts of stuff discounted. Bino harnesses. That one's almost 50% off. Look at that shit. shit. Fuck. Dang. Waterfowl decoys, waders, gun cases. For all you duck people. All the stuff. Uh, check out Camo Fire. We like them. Cool. Thanks to all our partners on this. It's a fun episode. Think you'll enjoy it. You Let's will. Get, let's get to it. I'm Chase Rolson with Rubline Marketing. This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Pitt. Hey, everybody. It's John Dudley from Knock On TV. Hey, guys. This is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Hi, I'm Taylor Drury from Drury Outdoors. Hey, this is Nick Munt from Ball Collector. Hey, this is Melissa Buckman. Working class bow hunter. Working class Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. You're listening to the working class bow hunter. That's right. This is the podcast for Billy Joe Lunchbucket, the working man, just like me and you. My name's Travis T. Bone Turner from the Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in. Nobody pushes the envelope like working class bow hunter. It's really, really not that good. It's a working class bow hunter podcast. I think it's episode 593. Kurt Geyer speaking. Eric Common. Doug Schmidt. In the house, Mr. Nick Hoffman. Thanks for being here, man. Hey, hey, hey. Dude. Nice. We made this episode happen, finally. This has been a back-and-forth scheduling conflict in the works for a year. Well, you know, you guys are really, really hard to get together. <laughs> yeah. It's not about me. It's yeah. about you guys. <laughs> it's us, huh? Yeah, it's well, you guys. Okay, for, for the record. It's not me, it's you. It's us. Yeah. All of us. That's <laughs> what it was. We're sorry. So, no, <laughs> I'm terrible. My schedule's awful, and, and it's just... Plus, we live far enough apart that we didn't want to do this over the phone. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you making it. You you made it a priority to do it in person, and we all talked. And you're like, "No, I want to be there face to face with you guys. Like we're we're doing this so much better." It. Well, so, it's so because you. I'm a big fan of drinking, <laughs> right? Okay, <laughs> and I like you know I don't want to drink over the phone. Yeah, it's, it's so weird, weird to drink it's by like, yourself. That's like, yeah. that's like some sort of weird like long distance dating thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Nick, you need that. a beer. Yeah. Go get it yourself. <laughs> yeah, go get it yourself. No, I want to sit here and drink beer with you guys in person. The so perfect. here we are. Well, Karen from Huntworth is smiling ear to ear right now because she's like, you guys will love each other. It'll be the best. And we've, we've finally, it's happening. Yeah, it's she, happening. She's like, she's uh We're in the moment right yeah, now. Yeah, she, she, we really are. It. She's created a, a blind date. Uh-huh. With four guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Best, the matchmaker. Uh, best, best guy yeah. uh, blind date I've ever yeah, been this on. Is, so this far, is, someone's so getting far, laid. So good. Well, all right. Uh, hey, 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 yo. hey, Doug's hey. been giving me the eye all night, and I'm getting tired of it. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> Sad out here. Positive uh, thing. But no, man, moving on. You are the one, you're one of two guests that we've had in WCB history to fly their own plane to us. Yes. So Which badass. isn't nearly as sexy as it sounds like it's a little all you have to do is go on my instagram and see it it's just a little yellow single engine plane, the Pikachu it's not, plane? It's not, it's, yeah it's not like i'm flying around in a private jet or anything yeah but guess what you're fucking flying yeah, you're yourself, fucking flying yourself. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty impressive dude hey i flew uh, a drone for the first time like two weeks ago and i thought i felt like a badass and you almost wrecked it did i 
the fireworks page posted you. That's how good you did. <laughs> I know. I did fucking. So, no, well, but they, I did almost, I did not almost wreck my plane today, I'd like to say. Yeah, let's keep it, it was. Off. It was really, really nice. And I flew through the clouds. It was a beautiful flight. Flew back down through the clouds. And here I am in God's country. Dude, that's it's cool. That's a gangster move. That is a gangster Fly move. Flying a plane to do a podcast. I do that. First of all, we should feel more honored than anything that somebody's willing to fly their own plane yeah, to us. That's true. So high praise. Thank you. Thank you. Sure. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers to that. <laughs> cheers. Here, cheers, here, cheers to your plane. Thanks for flying to us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cheers to your plane. Yeah. Now, this is going to be a fun one. There's a lot to unpack here. Uh, Nick Hoffman, Nick's Wild Ride. First of all, amazing show. Yep. You have a great show. Thank you. Um, you have a show that if someone hasn't watched it, you're now on YouTube. Finally. Yeah. Which is exciting. Yeah. Um, where else can people watch it? We'll just get that right off the road. So rip. it's uh, the. Where it's the eighth season begins uh, in just a few weeks at the end of September. Congrats on Outdoor Channel. Um, you can see previous seasons on Valley Sports, mm-hmm. uh, which you know used to be Fox Sports and uh, MOTV. Yeah, uh, My Outdoor TV on Outdoor Channel has all the previous seasons, and then, uh, like I said, so between those and now YouTube. So awesome. Yeah, and uh, the YouTube thing has been. We were just talking about it a second ago. It's it's uh. That's been a a really a really awesome thing that is finally here because network television doesn't doesn't really want their stuff up on YouTube. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And uh, when you have one of the top shows on the network, you know it's it's yeah. it's a kind of a you're their baby. It, yeah, yeah, I'm one. Of, you know, I don't know. It's it, there's really no other way to put it other than contractually it wasn't really allowed, and right. which and, I get that. And, you yeah, know? I do. I do. They protect their product. You know yeah. what I mean. So uh, finally, um, you know, they've uh, relented after I just cried enough. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> Greasy wheel so, gets the grease type yeah, of thing. I think it's important because um, the whole entire purpose of my show. If you've never seen my show, it's like I, I affectionately refer to it as like an Anthony Bourdain style hunting show. Yeah, so, that's a good so way to like, put that. So like, I am a, the world's biggest Anthony Bourdain fan. Yeah, but I'm also a, a lifelong. Yeah, exactly. And I'm a, a lifelong hunter. So I'm the guy who, when I go to, if I came here to your town to hunt. I would, I would come, I would hunt and then I'd be like, Hey, where's the coldest beer? Where's the best burger? Is there anything historical here? Those are the things that I want to know yeah. about your town. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I, that's what I'm doing. All you're doing when you watch my show is watching me do what I'd be doing anyway. Mm-hmm. The difference is that I now have a vehicle to go all over the world to do it. Yeah. You right. know, which right. is really, really cool. So the whole purpose of the show is, is to, um, you know, showcase not just the hunting and the killing, but like what, if I go to a place to hunt, I want to know what makes that place tick, you know? And, um, that's been just really, really cool. And so my point is that now having it on YouTube, it, that brings it to a whole nother set of eyeballs that maybe wouldn't see it on the network. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That might maybe wouldn't see it on MOTV. Um, although I would encourage anyone that to go to MOTV because you can see all eight seasons there. You're never going to yeah. see all eight seasons on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, dude, that's awesome. I, I love the show. Um, I do love that. Like the, the food that you're eating. And I love how, when I picked Jet Bus, telling you a little bit about it, like it makes me crave. I want to travel to new places when I watch your yeah. show. Like I want to have new, uh, yeah. Hunt experiences. Yes. 
but the travel aspect that comes along with the hunt. With the hunt. Yeah. That's, awesome. that's the best compliment you could give me because that's the whole idea is that I want – we all of us here grew up thinking about nothing but whitetails and maybe some ducks. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like – and and that's the that's the the great redneck American hunter thing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But there is so much more to a hunter than just killing. Like, and most people that don't hunt don't understand that. You know For what sure. I mean? You, when we go, when we go walk up to a deer that we've been watching for five years, it's not, yeah, there's some fist bumps and stuff, but there's also, there's a moment of like sadness. You mm-hmm. know, there's a moment of, 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 a, I, I hate to say the word remorse, but there is, if there's, if I don't, I think if you don't feel like that, you're not really, I, I don't think there's remorse for sure. Cause it's kind of like you just ended that chapter. Cause that, that's right. Shit. Yeah. You've been chasing this deer for five years. And it's over in, yeah. it could be over in 30 seconds. Sure. And also, let's be honest, you took a life. Yeah, you're sympathetic yeah, you know, to, yeah. a, to a, heavy, a heavy situation. Yeah, absolutely. So I I think through my show, I've tried really hard to show the other side of hunting, which is that we care about these animals. We we spend money to conserve these animals, mm-hmm. We to make sure that they're here for future generations. We eat them. We we. We respect them, and that's a, that is absolutely a paradox. Mm-hmm. We 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 love the things we hunt. Yeah, it's hard for we people love, who don't get it to understand. Yeah, that. absolutely, yeah. we love the things we kill. Yeah, and and that's a strange paradox for people to understand. And I I I try to in my show try and show that to people because I went to a, a an SCI convention uh, banquet once, and there was a guy named Shane Mahoney that who's a famous conservationist mm-hmm. got up there, big white beard. Yeah, yeah. He's really, really like dramatic. Yeah, you know? uh-huh. yeah. And he talked, he said something that, that really s- stuck with me. He said that um, the average American is a fence sitter. He said most people sit on the fence and they don't have a formulated opinion about hunting. They have, they they just don't don't know or they don't care. They don't care, right. All it takes is one bad picture on Instagram or one thing they see on tv that they don't like and it can tip them one or on the flip side they can see something they really do like yeah something that and and it will tip them to the fence but the the, what he was saying is the science and the the statistics show that that literally once you fall into one side of the fence or the other they'll come back it's really hard to get you back yeah Yeah, that makes a lot of sense And, and so i i try to talk to the fence sitters is my point i'm trying yeah. to i'm trying to just have a show because there's plenty of whisper whisper point point shoot shoot shows which by the way i love and i watch yeah they're classics I mean? to and, us and, yeah. yeah and there's still there's there's great ones that are new that are that are airing all the time that i love and i watch those but but we're already on one side of the fence yeah right you right. know yeah. so i i try to i'm not an expert i'm gonna leave that to the juries Mm-hmm. I'm going to leave that to Lee and Tiffany. I'm going to leave that to you guys, whoever. I'm not an expert. I'm not an expert hunter. I'm just a dude who runs around and and does does what I think is really, really cool shit. I really love, too, like the hunting, the food side, but then you involve the community with it. Like I watched your Kentucky episode this, you know, sitting in the studio waiting for you guys to get here, you know, and you went down the coal mines. You know, and you talked about mm-hmm. how they introduced the elk there and, like, how yeah. that is a once-a-lifetime tag. Like, bringing all that aspect to the show 
it's not something that everyone does. Well, and and I think that's what I've been trying to seek out. I'm trying to find interesting game in interesting places, right? Yeah. And in interesting stories. And I want to tell people stories. And what's come of that is that, and we can get into how I ended up with, with in this spot in the first oh, place. We got oh, we're we're going to start you know, from the beginning eventually. Because <laughs> yeah, I'm a musician, first and foremost, yeah. right? But that that whole finding these stories, I've found that I really enjoy being a storyteller, mm-hmm. which I, I didn't know about myself until I had this television show you know yeah. i like telling people's stories but that's kind of what music is ain't it telling sure. a story Dude, i think I, that's probably there's probably some truth to that yeah i feel like with your show though it could be like when i watch it i get like uh i, I mean this in a in the best way possible i just don't want to say something off and you'd be like ah that's not what i was going for but like i feel like you could be on like legit like discovery channel yeah, for the masses too. to yeah. watch i agree with that and, and and maybe the reason why it's not is because there's a killing of an animal in the process of the show that it can't be on just like well i'll be 100 percent honest with you we've had a lot of interest from from those things but the outro channel has been so good to me yeah yeah um they uh there were a couple people um th- that were that were my champions there at the very, very beginning that saw something to me that I didn't see. Right. They gave you a chance. One, one guy is the head of programming, Mitch Petrie. I'll, I'll call out. He's been on the show. Yeah, we've yeah, had him on the show. Yep. It's like Mitch, Mitch saw something in me and saw something in the show that I didn't see. He saw it before I saw it. Mm-hmm. I saw, I thought I had a cool idea, but he, he saw a bigger picture and he, and, and you know, I, I got to give it. So, I got to give him props. And the whole thing is, sure, there's probably a chance for me to go to somewhere else. Yeah. But, man, because because Outdoor Channel will, will be my home as long as they'll have me. I didn't mean to you make that I mean? as a dig to Outdoor Channel. For no, the I know you didn't. I know okay. you didn't. But I'm saying, like, I have had that interest. Yeah. yeah. And it, what an honor. Because that says that we're doing something different. Mm-hmm. Because no, there aren't too yeah. many. You know, there's there's Renella and there's a couple other people. There aren't too many other people that are doing it outside of the space. Yeah. You yeah, know? Not at all. Yeah. Um, and I love, but I, I'll, I'll be at Outdoor Channel for as long as they'll have me. Yeah. You yeah, know? for sure. I mean. That's great. It shows you're committed to what you do, and and that's also too. It's like it's fucking. Wild. It's where our people are. You know what I mean? But yeah, I just when I watch it, I get like everyone outside the fence sitters and beyond mm-hmm. on the other side of our fence. Yeah, could enjoy your show. Well, and the best compliment I get is like I'll I'll get an email from someone, and it'll it'll be like this this woman that says, um, "Thank you for." Uh, giving me and my husband something to watch together every Monday because he only watches. The oh shows. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I but I'll watch your show. I hate the rest of them, but I'll watch. She your enjoys show. it. That's, or, awesome. That's awesome. Or I get somebody that says, you know, I didn't really like hunting, but then I started watching your show, and it it changed how I felt about hunting, and now I'm a hunter. That's you know awesome, those kinds yeah. of things. You know, granted, those it's not like I'm getting barraged with those emails, but they come, and when they do. Yeah. Man, that makes me feel good. Something. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, that's, that's big. That's the I, point. Yeah, I feel you like know? you just do a really good job explaining why you're there, hunting. And Thank you. Like, what the purpose of coming I mean, I'm, does I'm, there? I'm, for I'm literally, literally a dude just living out his wildest dreams. Like, but we're sitting really here. Well. We're sitting here watching this, totally, this Africa hunt. Like, 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 I say totally right squirrel now. moment, but you just got charged by a rhino. Yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> it, like fucking wild. And then I actually say in that what after that 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 rhino thing, I go well. You know, I'm glad I didn't die, and now I got that story to tell in a bar. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and some guy won't believe you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
So, yeah, we're watching your show in the studio, which is uh, great for us. Um, not always so great for the listener because they're like, what the fuck are they doing? Because <laughs> <laughs> I just got to watch it. Yeah. Um, dude, you have had, you're not Crazy an old life. guy by any means, but you've had some experiences and you have quite the resume of just like cool shit. <laughs> and <laughs> like, really, I mean, that's like. To say the least. Yeah, to it'd say be, the least. be up there and the list i've heard of people do <laughs> well, dude doug would do a lot of dirty things to have your life wouldn't you doug <laughs> you know what? no he's, word. he's speechless but i wish i had a mustache like yours i really do i'd trade you yeah <laughs> would you cut your mustache off for his life uh well it can grow not back. now but yeah. back in the day yeah <laughs> not now in 2000 you wouldn't go over to the, you wouldn't go to the dark side you wouldn't go to freaking, where were you at? Af, not Afghanistan, but Kurdistan. Kurdistan. Where are you going to take me next time? Yeah, sure. You, but you got to cut that mustache off. What? For what? I'm just it's saying offensive that, over that's, there. I think, that's, I think that's part of the deal. Is it offensive yeah. over there? I don't know. Yeah, there are, that's yeah. the deal. If, if you go with him, you got to cut it off. Actually, it might be offensive over there because didn't Stalin have a mustache? <laughs> <laughs> I think you just compared yourself to Stalin. I'm just I saying, saying you had a mustache. Who are you? <laughs> Let's talk about Nick's music career, and this is all going to tie back in. Let's start at the beginning to the hunting show conversation we're having. <laughs> but what we're getting to is you've done some really cool shit, and you're a really great musician. And where does this all start? And how did hunting meet the musical side of things? It starts on a farm in Minnesota. I'm a farm boy. Okay. You know, I, I, and when I say a farm boy, like. Um, my dad is a heating and air conditioning guy, mm -hmm. um, single, like, uh, solo, like self-employed, uh, just a salt of the earth, blue collar guy. I come from, um, I, I have a really interesting tie into the hunting industry, ironically through my grandfather, which I can tell you about later. Mm -hmm. But my, my parents got divorced when I was in like second grade and, my dad and my stepmom got married, and they moved to a little farm in this intersection of a town called Now Then, Minnesota. Now which, Then? Yeah, which which proudly sold T-shirts at the gas station that said, Now Then, Population 47. Hell you know, yeah. Like, and it's just <laughs> cornfields and, Corn and, and lakes. And, bad, and, well, and, that's, and that's, that's it. it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and so that um, moving to the farm in third grade was – the the biggest you know game changer for me and i didn't realize it obviously at the time no, no i don't think any neither none of my parents would have ever realized what living in the country would have done for me mm -hmm. for them it was an escape and we had you know acreage and hay and there's row crop all over and we you know i showed cattle in 4-h and did all this different stuff uh, but 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 what it what it did for me was oh i hated bill and oh. i hated it uh, but what it what it did for me was it um it lit this 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 there was an ember in me that I didn't know was there. I've always said that, you know, not I it's not like I made this up, but some people are wired to be hunters and some people are wired to be gatherers. And nobody in my family hunted. But for whatever reason, when I moved to the farm, I wanted to hunt. There was something in me that goes, I want to go into those woods and, and track deer. And I would. I would go out into the woods and I would find deer. Mm -hmm. You know, I just follow tracks and just and just go tracking deer. And I would 
I would look at the deer and then, then I would, and then I would spend my allowance on field and stream magazine and I would read it at cover to cover over and over again, you know, and again, and then I would buy hunting videos and I would, and my parents were like, the hell's wrong they, with this they guy? They, yeah, they thought I spawned a, a, a demon, you know. But my dad, my dad—he's out there eating deer shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and my, my, my dad had had hunted a little bit when, when he was like, you know, right out of high school. But he didn't like it. He didn't care for. He wasn't it. like passionate. No, about no, no. It. he yeah. didn't care. He was certainly wasn't against it. My mom was not anti-hunting, but like certainly didn't understand why. why she's a fence setter. Yeah. yeah, yeah, she's yeah. a fence setter. And so, um, anyway, long story short. Man, I wanted to do this. And so there was a neighbor, uh, Jim Zawistowski was his name, and he, uh, yeah, Polish guy. Oh, that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, everybody called him Zowie. And he lived, he lived, uh, he was our closest neighbor. And I would go over there and he had these mounts on the wall and I'd ask him about him. There was a story attached to every one of them, you know, and he would regale me with the tales of going out west for the mule deer, you know, yeah, and yeah. all this kind of stuff. And I, I asked him, I said, would you take me hunting? You know, and in Minnesota, you couldn't uh, deer hunt until you were 12 then. Yeah. I think it's still the same way. I'm not 100% sure, but you had to, you had to get hunter safety. You had to do all yeah. this stuff. Yeah. So I did, and uh, and he took me hunting that, that season, and he didn't get a deer because he spent the season making sure that I did. That's very you know? cool. Yeah, and, that's sweet. And, that was a life changing thing. Yeah. He was like yeah, your mentor. Yeah. Absolutely. And it was a it changed it changed the game for me. It opened my whole life up to a whole different direction. And then I had another friend um that took me duck hunting that same season. So I got introduced to waterfowl and deer season when I was twelve. Terrible rabbit hole. And holes. oh dude, it was and, you know, and Hooked game, right away. yeah, absolutely game changing. Very cool. So then, you know, later on, um, you know, I always did all some of the, all that stuff, and then when I moved to Nashville, hunting kind of took a little bit of a backseat. But I started shooting a bow mm-hmm. when in my early twenties, and 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 bow hunting is what did it. Bow hunting deer is what what just just turned it from a something I always wanted to do. And then when I finally had a little money and and I was you know like a, an adult, bow hunting for whitetails was was. Paul, was, yeah. Was, oh, you, yeah, you turned that spark into a flame. Oh, dude. That's that's what did it. And so, Isn't that cool that like bow hunting, uh, something that's harder, like gets you more dedicated? Yeah, I, I that's think, what that's what pulled me back in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's, that just shows you're meant for it, right? And that's why that's why bow hunters that are like to the level that like I don't want to say level as in skill level, but to the interest and passion we have yep. for it, it's like it be the difficulty level either pulls you in or it turns you off. Yeah. Yep. And no, once it pulls you sure. in, you're in. You yeah. Know? And, and for me, that's, a, I've always been attracted to things that, um, take a lot of, not everybody lot, can do it. Yeah. A lot of, I just did take a lot of work. I, I like, I like the stuff that takes some, has some finer detail to oh, yeah. it, you know, and yeah. I like practicing and I like thinking about it all year long and bow hunting offered that. You know, you can't just go in your front yard and shoot a shoot a gun, but you can go out in front and, <laughs> front, and shoot a bow anywhere you want. Yeah, you know? yeah. And so I would. I'd bring. I you know. So then I, I I'm playing music on the road, which we can talk about. You know, it's like and and I would bring a bow with me. Yeah, you know, awesome. bring a target with me, and you could do that. You can't bring, you can't show up in an arena parking lot and shoot a gun, but you can shoot a bow. <laughs> shoot a three fifty seven out there for yeah. for the hell of it. <laughs> Heck, when you're at stadiums, you can shoot the whole field. Yeah. So where growing up then. Obviously, you know, we, we've got to know how you got into hunting, like yeah. you like had a natural interest, but like, where did your musical interest come in? Like, 
About the same time after, before, where did that all? It started way before. So I grew up in a musical family. My my grandparents were um, on my dad's side were really musical, and they had jam sessions at their house like just about every weekend, and um, mo- mainly on Saturdays. And it was a kind of thing where you didn't necessarily need an invite. It was just kind of known that if you showed up at the Hoffman house on Saturday that you were, there was going to be music played. There's going to be a concert. And yeah. And so some, sometimes, sometimes there would be nobody. And other times there'd be like 10 or 15 people all playing these old songs from, you know, German and Norwegian songs, like, you know, from our heritage. Mm-hmm. And now I look back and I know they were all drinking gin and tonics and, you know, exactly. but some of my earliest memories have fallen asleep underneath my grandma's piano bench, you know? And so, um, they gave me a fiddle when I was like four years old. So I really don't have any recollection of not playing the fiddle. That's wild. Um, I, I started Eesh. formerly taking, uh, formally taking, uh, lessons, I should say, uh, uh, when I was a, in like first grade. Damn. And, so and you were so, six? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they bought me this little tiny fiddle. It was like, you know, a foot, 16 inches long. You now, know? was it a fiddle or a violin? Yeah, my grandpa always said that, that the difference between a fiddle and a violin is $10,000. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like yeah, they're, they're, it's the same instrument. I know, it's same know? thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. So I always ask people to play it, though, like, because yeah. everyone says yeah, one or the other. Like, my wife's a fiddle player, but she grew up learning to play classical music. So she played music, a violin. So she played the violin. Right. Now she plays fiddle. You know. Um, mm. So, but uh, yeah. So I grew up with that, and so then it's really it went from there to playing fiddle contests, and then I won a little money, and I'm like, hey, I can make money doing this. This is pretty cool, you know. And then and then I started playing. Uh, I would get like hired to play little gigs with little bands, and I, my grandma and I would go play at nursing homes, and I just started like, like I was a professional musician technically, at. <laughs> 10 years old, you know, and that's awesome. <laughs> Tax free too. <laughs> yeah. And so, and so I knew at a really early age that I was going to move to Nashville and play music like 12, I would say probably by the time I was 12 or 13 years old, I knew that I wanted to play in the Grand Ole Opry. I knew that I wanted to move to Nashville. I listened, I obsessed over country music on the radio. Like that was all I cared about, mm-hmm. you know? And so I, uh, you know, it, when I was 16, almost 17 years old, I ended up running away from home, going to going to Nashville. I mean, so it, but via Branson, Missouri. Oh yeah. So I hopped on a Greyhound bus one night, and and the story behind ended up in Branson. You're like, yeah, God, Nashville looks a lot different <laughs> yeah. in the picture. So the story <laughs> behind that's Quick actually trip. the story behind that's actually really interesting because I had a principal. Phones are buzzing. Um, I had a principal um, in high school that called me into his office one day and he said, Hey Nick, you've missed too many days <laughs> aggregate for, for the year and you've lost credit for your junior year of high school and you're, you're going to have to repeat it. Oh, and I said here, Hey man, I appreciate that. But here's why I've missed these days. I have this band. I had this bluegrass band that was this kids bluegrass band and we were actually playing a lot and we were missing quite a bit of school but i was i was actually getting really good grades i would get my homework from the from the teachers and i tell them what i was doing and they would uh they would you know support me so i said yeah the reason i'm doing this and reason i'm missing these days and i like to point out that i'm getting good grades is that i'm going to be a musician that's what i'm going to do with my life mm-hmm. 
And that's why I'm missing these days. And, and, uh, and I'm being responsible. I'm getting good grades. And he he looked me straight in the eye and he said, well, Nick, you're never going to amount to anything in, as a musician. You should give up on that dream right now. Ooh. And, hey, you know uh, what? Fuck and, that guy. And, and, and yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, Fuck that guy. Call him out. And, 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 and also he said, he said, and by the way, there's nothing I can do for you. You're going to have to repeat your junior year. And the idea of me spinning my wheels for one more year when I knew that I wanted to get my yeah. life going, couldn't do it. So that night. I just left. Hell yeah, dude. That's a bad and, and that guy's name was Dr. Dean Souter. He was the kind of doctor, he had a doctorate in physical education, and he made you call him doctor. Oh, what nah, fuck that guy. Uh, dude, that guy's a douchebag for sure. He never got laid. Hell so no. When I, never when, got la- laid. Later on, years later, when I got my own record deal and had my first record out and a song on the radio. You sent it to him. I, I, thanked, I thanked him in the liner notes. I said, I said, thanks to Dr. Dean Suter for telling me I'd never amount to anything because I've spent my entire life proving you wrong. And I sent him a copy of it, sent him a letter, and I never heard from him. Fuck oh, yes. hell yeah. yeah. He probably got stabbed by somebody just shortly after that because he sucked. <laughs> Fucking doctor. <laughs> Fuck Dean Tudor. P.S. You're not a real doctor. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, great story, though. That, that is, is a bad great story. story. Those are my favorite stories. Um, that reminds me of Trey's story. That's what I was going to say. I, our buddy Trey Heiner is a is a hunting outfitter out west. He's a mountain man. Yeah. And he was like walking out of school, and his teacher's pretty much like, if, well, if you're going to guide hunts, why do you need to be here? He's like, ah, good point. Never went back. Never went back. Wow. That's Sen- the best. Senior year, he had like, I don't know what he said, like three months left. Yeah. yeah he's like, yeah. like, what are you going to do when you grow up? He's like, or when you graduate. Yeah, I'm going to be an guys. outfitter. And what are you doing here? <laughs> I'm out. Yeah, yeah good point. <laughs> good I love point. that. I love when people don't graduate and just like are successful. successful. Our yeah. Nick just kill it. Yeah. yeah. Self-employed contractor loves his job. He, sure. didn't, he didn't graduate. I don't think he did. Well, I went. I mean, I got, diploma, I went, my, I didn't I finished. I went down to Branson, and to my own defense, I did finish school. I, I, I mean, I got, I got, I got everything done, and came back and and played in a band for a while. God, you're too responsible. And <laughs> and, and well, it's because my mom. Yeah, my mom was like, "You gotta, you gotta finish everything up." So I went and got the GED thing done and yeah. all Hell that yeah. stuff. And then um, I two played. I, I played in a band and uh, in in Minnesota for a, a little while. After that, I came back home for a year or two, and then I moved to Nashville in January of two thousand. Okay, and um, that was like the that was like that's I, like I said, I always knew I was going to end up in Nashville. Branson happened because I went down to Branson on spring break with my grandparents. Your grandparents are wild. And, and, yeah, they are. And, <laughs> and, They're throwing concerts. And I went I went down there and, and we watched all these these musicians and all these shows. And I'm like, dude, I could be doing this. Why am I up in Minnesota spinning my wheels when I could be doing this? Yeah, it's yeah. fucking you know cold I mean? up there. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so and so that's what happened. When when I decided I was gonna leave, I was like, I can go down there and I can make it. You know what I mean? And I had mm-hmm. this now looking back, I how I was so naive and so cocksure, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. just so sure of myself. And it's like I didn't know shit. I I went down there with my grandpa's credit card in my in my pocket because he had he had me go he gave me his credit card and had me fill up his car a couple of days before that. And it was still in my wallet. And I had sixty dollars in cash in my grandpa's credit card. And I that bought, he didn't know and, you had, and, and I and I <laughs> but yeah, and I bought I bought my bus ticket with his credit card, 
And then when I got to Branson, I sent him his credit card home. And then I had 60 bucks in my pocket and I was dumb enough to think that was enough. <laughs> yeah, like, and, that's kind of awesome. Yeah, that is like, rad, dude. And I played for tips on the street. And like, You're busking. And, and like, I was busking. Exactly. See, and like, that's cool, though. You know? And then, Dude, if you were to... I would think this was like 1960s that you were doing this <laughs> Yeah. But my poor mother. You know what oh, I mean? She's like, terrified. Dude, yeah. they didn't know where I was at first. Oh, they the didn't? Whole night. No. They, they, they you figured, literally ran they, away. I, yeah. They figured it out. I mean, I hopped a Greyhound bus in the middle of the night. Dude, this know? is 1967. <laughs> Just dipped out. <laughs> So it's like yeah. a Leonard Skinner ballad, right? <laughs> <laughs> Be a rock star. So and then I ended up at, like I said, though I Nashville was always the thing. Uh, Branson was a pit stop, but what if I hadn't gone to Branson? Branson South. There, there was of a Nashville. lot. There, there was a lot. There was a lot of stuff I learned there. Um, How to ride an and, ostrich, and yeah, exactly. That's a whole other story. <laughs> yeah. You gotta tell uh, that. But I I learned a lot of stuff there, and the, there was a guy I met there. Um, that the reason I ended up playing, I, I ended up in Kenny Chesney's band when I moved to Nashville. And the reason I ended up in his band was because of a guy, I, uh, two guys I met in Nashville. So you, went, Bra- to, you went to Branson just to get your foot in the door. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the way it ended up. That wasn't right. the intention, but my foot for got Nashville in right got door. in the door because of, of that move. And yeah. it just goes to show you, man, sometimes you just got to follow your heart. Yeah. And that's kind of been the story of my whole entire career. Sometimes so you like, just got to yeah, say, fuck I, it and do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Why wait around? Let your arrow fly. Yeah. Yeah. You know dude, that's I mean? so cool. That is cra- that's so, crazy. Don't fly over the little detail. Kenny Chesney band meeting people, getting it. Like, so give me the layout of like Branson. It all kicks out. Like, where's it train? transpire from there well like i said when i moved to nashville um there was there was a connection to branson and it was two it was two guys there was a a fiddle player that was kind of my mentor um down in uh in uh in branson and his last name was ironically he was a fiddle player from minnesota his last name was hoffman bruce hoffman are you kidding yeah and 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 that's it's crazy and not related fiddle player from minnesota named hoffman not related and wow. our families knew each other so anyway i knew I, I knew him and he became like my mentor down there and he introduced me to a guy named wyatt beard who had since moved to nashville to play with this guy named kenny chesney did he have a beard he did not have a beard what? wyatt beard did not have a beard <laughs> and 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 he had since moved to nashville like i said to, to play with this guy kenny chesney who at the time wasn't the Kenny Chesney we know it now. You right, know what I mean? Right. He had some hits on the radio and he was, you know, doing doing well, but he wasn't the superstar that we all know. Yeah. And so it wasn't like arena big at that point. No, really. no, no. He was club big. Yeah. You know what I mean? Had had a couple of songs on the radio and and Tootsies. And now nah, he was bigger than that. Okay. You know I mean? so, <laughs> Easier. So, yeah. Hey, hey, yeah. I don't know. Eric knows hey. all the Nashville <laughs> jargon. <laughs> it's so, a bar down there. Yeah. <laughs> and so we uh when I moved to Nashville, um, and I knew I was moving to Nashville, I I let Bruce know, and Bruce had let these the, uh, uh, Wyatt know, and and a couple of other people, and Mr. And, Beard, yes, yeah, exactly, and and so uh, they 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 were look they had just fired their fiddle player, and they were looking for a fiddle player, mm-hmm. and so when I moved to Nashville, they knew that I was coming to town, and and it turned out that they did need a fiddle player, and they called me, and they're like, hey. Um, do you want the gig? And I was like, "Is a frog's ass water tight?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Wait, time I out. Yeah. Was there like a 
Like, did you have to like interview or go play for someone, or I, just like, so hey, you want the gig? I, it was, it was, it was pretty un, you know, like pretty informal. I, I showed up at Wyatt's apartment, and Mr. Beard, one, and Mr. Beard, and one of the other <laughs> one of the other guys from the band was there, and I he played some piano, and I played a couple fiddle parts, and they're like, all right, you got the job <laughs> in an apartment. Work. But it was it was definitely <laughs> I'm sure that it was a it was a bit of a trial period on their part, and to be a hundred percent honest, looking back. I was so green and so unprepared for a gig of that level that it was definitely a fake it till you make it kind of thing. Like really? Like I had I had skills, but I, I didn't have You had skills in I, Minnesota. I, I didn't have yeah, exactly. I was a big fi- a big fish in a small pond there. And and I and man, I was in over my head for those first couple of years there with musicians of this caliber. These guys were ten years older than me. They had been around, just ripping. like and and there was a couple of points too. Like I remember one time, um, the the band leader, the drummer Sean was his name. He um, he came to me and he said, "Hey, dude, you gotta like you gotta step it up." Like I was good on stage performing, but musically. I just hadn't matured to to the point that they were at. And he's like, you got to step it up. Like, you got to get better. And it wasn't that I wasn't trying. He's just like, you got to try harder. And oh, I had shit. always, I had always been scary. Well, I had always been great. Like, yeah. you know, like everybody's like, you're great. That's the only, that was the first time that anybody goes, dude, you're not as great as you think you are. Whoa. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're yeah. not as good as you Hurts think you are. the ego a little bit. And, and, Easy. <laughs> yeah. And it was, it would, but you know, those moments, you'll never forget them and they right. make you better. Yeah. You know? Well, he probably just did to light you up a little bit, you know? Well, like, I think, I think the truth is it was true. Oh, really? Yeah. I think, I think that, that I thought I was better than I was mm. and I, don't get me wrong. I was a, a, like I said, I was young, dumb and full of cum. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. I, hey, was, I was. Doug, I, hey, 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 I was. Still I was. I was. He's thirty-three. I just can't play the fiddle. <laughs> <laughs> and I was less cool. <laughs> I was. I was twenty years old, and and just thought thought I was. The, I thought it was awesome. Well, for sure. I look. Yeah, I look back at it now. Fuck yeah! You thought you were cool. You were fucking cool. <laughs> I, I thought you were pretty cool. <laughs> but, you know, these guys made it really. They they they, they humbled your ass. And they, absolutely. They're like, hey, you need to. Yeah, you need you're you're good on stage, and you do you do this good, you do this good, and you suck at this. Get better at that. Yeah, that's fair you know? though, right? Like that's Absolutely. cool of them, probably. Absolutely. Don't you hate when we interrupt a good show? <sighs> Doug wanted me to jump in this mid roll and scare you to do the ads, but that's not the way to promote products in this. I'm really just not. trying to wake you up if you're at work. This episode's so exciting. Work, there, no one was driving off. You're right. This podcast is I'm interrupted, sorry. which is probably not a good way to plug a, a sponsor. We've, we're interrupting you because of big time right now. And uh, supplemental feed, food pots. You're doing the mid rolls, Eric. I know what happened. I thought sorry, I got, got in the zone. It. I got in the zone. I mean, food pots. I hope you got. I hope you're hunting over your food pots right now because you should be. You, you got bigger problems. You should be. If you don't have midnight now, you have a problem. If you're sitting over your plot and you're looking at it, and you're like, shit. I never planted that. <laughs> <laughs> something right here. That's a problem. Something right. Yeah, you I got forgot something. Did you remember your leave? You were forgetting something. Yeah, you're like son of a bitch. Just dirt. <laughs> That'd be a problem, wouldn't it? Uh, we got old barn taxidermy. Old barn taxidermy. I mean, when you shoot that big buck this year, who are you going to take it to? Oh, old I barn. don't know. You're taking oh. old barn. Old barn got two plugs. Okay. They did get two plugs. Shout out to Old Barn. They're <laughs> I mean, that good. They're that good. <laughs> the podcast, we're falling apart. We're doing great. The podcast also brought to you by Loophole Optics. Loophole Optics, you're sitting in the stand, 
That buck's far away. You got the 10 by 42s. You throw them bad boys up. Now you can see them. Boom. When you, you forgot big? to plant your big time and the buck's 1,200 yards. Because <laughs> he's, he's not going to come over and eat your food plot. He's in the neighbor's big time plot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good point. You're going to need your loopholes. Uh, grizzly. Well, yeah, you're using your loopholes out of your grizzly blind to see that deer 1,200 yards away. Whoa. One of the blind. Mm-mm-mm. Blackgate. Blackgate. Well, you probably ain't got a picture of him because <laughs> you didn't plant your food plot. But these cameras are badass. I mean, they've been kicking ass for us ever since we got them up and running. And if you do have an issue, customer service answers you in English. Top notch. In English, yeah, top notch. They are good. They're workhorses. And Novix tree stands. I mean, if you're not in your grizzly blind, you're going to be in your Novix tree stand, obviously. That's right. Hunting over that big time pot. Slick trick. That is planted. Yeah, that is. Because you remember the other one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> At least you remembered one. <laughs> Slick trick broadheads. Slick trick broadheads. Well, I mean, what else are you going to shoot them with? What are you running, Doug? Uh, raptor tricks. Viper tricks for me. Standards. Bitching. Cool. Look at us. It's a good combo. Different. different. I might switch to the torch. Oh. Ooh. We'll see. I'm interested in that. Let's get back to the episode. Let these people Let's enjoy some Nick stories here. Thanks for being here. Sorry for interrupting. Were they ever mean to you? Like getting into like when you were so green, where it's whatever, like, you know, like Jordan's our intern over here. Like, I feel like I'm pretty nice to him. Eric will call him a fucking idiot on air. Oh, no, no. Dude, they rode me hard. Did they really? Yeah, you guys, you guys give Jordan an easy time. Yeah, yeah they I, like they like the pantheon. Oh, I guess we have to change that. I'm I'm sure that if I went to a therapist right now, that there'd be something that would come up. Trauma, about, uh, uh, yeah, trauma from from <laughs> them riding me. But you know, it, that's the way it should have been. Oh yeah, for sure. And it yeah, made yeah. me it made me better. It it forced me to get better. Um, and um, and you know, gotta I, have thick skin. Th- th- those years of my life were were the best. So so anyway, I end up in this gig. My first gig with Kenny was in a club for like I don't know. 500, 1,000 people. It was a place called Cowboys in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And um, I was so in over my head. I look back at it now. It was like I did. <laughs> I, I, I thought it was like the bar band back home. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? It was not the bar band back home, you know? And within a couple of years, Kenny was playing stadiums for like 60,000 people. What was that like, dude? It's it, it's it's everyone's dream come true. Yeah, really? but it's got to be fucking I mean, bizarre like, looking at that many people. Oh, it's the greatest thing ever. Was it the my, scariest my goal, thing ever? The first know, time. I never, I, it was never scary for me because that was the one thing that I always dreamed of. Like It's like it's like saying, okay, you dream of a 200-inch buck walking by you for your entire life, and now he, now he's there. And you're like, everything I've ever done in my life is, is brought – don't get me wrong. Your heart's pounding, mm-hmm. and you're excited, but you're like, I am I'm not screwing this. But yeah. was it, yeah. was yeah. it, was it easier that you kind of like started – you kind of ramped up into stadiums? Instead of going from bars to a stadium, sure, yeah, but you I don't I mean? think anybody ever goes quite that that high. But like for me, it's like I, that was the dream. So so, for, and, and we did. We went from bars to, and when I say bars, like he was playing in clubs for you know lots of people. But then it was then it was theaters, then it was arenas, then it was stadiums, and it happened within two years. But dude, two years is a small period of time. Yeah, in, yeah. In, in that's a, super fast. In a, in a in a musician's career, he exploded. It felt like you were on a rocket ship holding on to one with one hand, you know. Yeah. And it's literally, I will forever be in debt to him because that was the great years of my life. I mean, like, what a way to spend your 20s. Dude, <laughs> Come on. Dude I couldn't even fucking imagine. Let's get it. into oh. it. Come I on, thought, Doug, ask some questions. I thought I had a badass life because I lived a block away from the hometown bar, you know? That was fucking cool. <laughs> Eric's in karaoke on Wednesday night. <laughs> yeah, fucking A, man. 
Dude, Nick's I out there imagine. slaying. I'm doing stadiums. <laughs> so, dude, I, was it... I like that you kind of break that down like you did um, theaters mm-hmm. and then stuff. Because I was always like, man, what do you... Like, when do you just like, oh, we're at an arena now. You know what I mean? Like, I kind of look at it like ground? you start with the 120 well, bucks, then you go to the 130, and then the 140, and then you're <laughs> in the fucking 200. Well, well the other thing that happens, yeah. too, is you get, yeah. you get these you get these big sidesteps, right? Like, so... Those are the headline shows he was playing. But then we would, like, that first uh, year we went out opening for George Strait. Gotcha, gotcha. And then we were opening for Tim McGraw the next year. I gotcha. And yeah. so, you know, damn, and dude. it's like, yeah, it was it was insane. It's I mean, I went, I went from playing in a bar band to doing that in, like, uh, like two years. Dude, that is so, so crazy. Fast. You know, and and I, and also Jeez. I was, and then, and then when I would come home, I was playing at Tootsie's in, in Nashville, you know, for tips. So, because you weren't making a ton of money back then. It wasn't like we were. See, I would like, have thought complete rich. opposite. No, we were, nobody was getting rich. It was like everybody, even, you know, the, the, the business of, of a growing act, like, is, is way more economic, like, way more based on a, a economic, a, a economy than you might think. Really? Like, yeah, it's not, it's not as, uh, it's not as, um, everybody's suddenly rolling in it, you might think. Yeah, I figured, like, in a stadium, all of a sudden, you're bringing home 150K. The <laughs> man just handed me a bush light, by the way. You gotta do it. You look yeah. thirsty. Here, here you go, bush. You look a little parched. There you go. Well, you never had one before? Or what? Uh, no. So, what What are these things here? Uh, do they taste good? Try, try it. It's like the straight uh, version of Bud Light. No, I'm talking about beer. What? I hear this stuff makes you feel good. Is this? Yeah, play the fiddle of that. This is my first beer. You ever have absinthe? (laughs) (laughs) Shut up. We don't want to. We're not going to tell that story. Hey, we 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 call a bush like mother's milk. (laughs) Anyway, horses milk. Horses horses milk. milk. Would you rather have a bush lighter or horse's milk? Fermented horse's milk. Oh, God. We're going all over the place. (laughs) Sorry. There's still a lot to unpack. Fermented horse's milk comes from an episode in Kyrgyzstan, by the way. Hopefully I have nothing going on tonight. So when you first started for Kenny Chesney Band, did you know, like, I must stick with this guy? Or Dude, it was... uh, I'll tell you this. I instantly liked Kenny from the very beginning, and... There was a couple of reasons for that. The The main one for me was that he was an underdog at the time. Um, he was, he had been in Nashville for years and had even had some hits on the radio and had never really garnered the respect that he probably deserved um, yet. Hmm. And that there, there, I don't know what exactly what the reasons for, for that were, but it, it, got in his craw. It bothered him that he was working his ass off harder than a lot of people that were having more success than he was and that he wasn't getting the success that maybe he was due, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I loved that about him. I loved that he, he never let that get him down. Like most people that work their asses off and don't get recognized for it at some point give up. Mm-hmm. Well, the, you was, you kind of have that. It was that yeah. same story. Well, that's what I'm saying. It, like for me, you guys kind of related. That, that resonated with me, man. Right. I was like, I was like, you know, nobody could tell him that he couldn't do it. And if you told him he couldn't do it, he 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 just tried harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I and I saw that, and I loved that about him, and I still love that about him. And um, and that's honestly that's 
why he is th- the success he is is because he doubled down when everybody said he couldn't. He do said it. maybe he couldn't do something. Mm-hmm. For example, when you know when he played that first stadium, it was like, man, maybe you're not quite ready to play a stadium, you know? And hold my beer. And he exactly, <laughs> exactly. he's like, well, <laughs> get me out there. And then he goes and plays literally the biggest stadium in the world. You know, like, or in, in our country anyway, he goes and plays the Tennessee Vol Stadium, which the Michigan people will tell you can hold more people, but not for a concert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, like, you know, he goes and does that, you know, and, yeah. and so. Fucking kill Yeah, it. and so I get to, I mean, dude, I just, like I said, I held onto a rocket ship and what a, what a, what a guy to learn from, you know. It's like I just sat back and watched uh, uh and a true artist, both musically and business wise, at work. That's and, awesome. Dude. And it was it was one of the great joys of my life. You know, I've been really lucky to have branched out from that mm-hmm. and done done other stuff. But those will forever be the great years of my life. Yeah, that's insane. Absolutely, dude, so that's what, a wild fucking chapter, bro. I, yeah. dude, I can't imagine. So when you were on tour, what did you guys like? Were you all on the same tour bus together? Was it separate? How did all the travel? So I I joined the band right when he was he was. Uh, Making enough money to have his own bus, so so there was two buses going down the road: the band and the crew on one bus, and and uh, and then Kenny's bus. Mm-hmm. So he had so, his own bus. Yep, he had his own bus, and uh, and so uh, we would go down the road, and and then every once in a while he'd he'd miss being on the bus with everybody, <laughs> yeah, and so he'd come over. We'd pull over for a while. And he'd come go back. He'd pack. ride with us, and we'd have a couple beers, and, you know. Party and, and, I couldn't even imagine the fucking stories from that tour bus. Oh, uh, dude, all of those tour buses back then. Oh, we were all We were all single. Most oh, of us boy. were single. And uh, Traveling and, across the and country. And we were having a lot of fun. Oh, gosh, Doug. Guess is the only thing pumping. No, I, <laughs> All right, well, easy. Sorry, sorry. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> I was talking about beer and music. Yeah, I was too. I, uh, you're focusing on their careers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where are you, what are you filling up the tank of beer? Doug, you should have learned how to play the fiddle a long time ago. God bless it. I should have. God, you talentless fucking worth it. I'll tell you one thing. <laughs> the, fiddle, the fiddle was never the sexy thing. Right, so like yeah, guitar dude, players, a good well, solo. I'm, what I'm saying though yeah, is, what you, I'm saying though is, I I got really lucky, and I because Kenny got all the allow, fat girls. Allowed, That's what's up. Allowed, <laughs> <laughs> no, not the fat girls. <laughs> I'm saying that Kenny Kenny allowed Kenny allowed. I'm just trying to crack. I'm trying to crack. That was a piano player, dude. Kenny allowed me to run around and be part like play fiddle like a guitar player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so all of a sudden, I got. All of a sudden, the fiddle's cool, and all these chicks are screaming, right? Yeah, but, yeah. Like, man, when you're playing in a bluegrass band back in Minnesota, they, they're this. It's, it's all not fat a, girls. It's not, a, it's, it's not a lot of screaming chicks. It's all the girls yeah, built yeah. for a long winter up there. <laughs> it's not I'm just the kidding. Shout out to my thick girls. You guys are sweet. Yeah. I'm just trying to get Doug to crack up. <laughs> Dude, my wife has my wife and I have this inside joke that fat girls love me because anytime, anytime, anytime I ever get any type of attention from any girl. She's like thicker than a snicker. And I would be like, hey, I got hit on today. She's like, let me guess. She was fat. I'm like, shut the fuck up, okay? <laughs> she was, but she was beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> on the inside. Right. I'm That's just ugly right. enough. <laughs> so, sorry. No offense to anybody out yeah, there. We'll but, give uh, you Doug's phone number at the end here. Yeah. No. Doug's no, actually dude. taken. I am. Newly. Well, fairly newly. I love that. Let me, I love that. Let me smell that mustache. Get in there. You want to smell it? No. You might recognize it's from up north. 
Up north. Up north. It's a familiar flavor, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> it was Wisconsin girl. I, I probably I probably already knew her. Oh. oh. I bet you she's seen you play. <laughs> we'll find out later. <laughs> Guarantee it. I love it, dude. You, I'm just she t- calls you. Just, you I, had I'll Nick just, Hoffman on. I'll just text her. I was like, do you like the fiddle? <laughs> You bitch! <laughs> you bitch! <laughs> she just said, "I know, I knew, it. I met a guy once that played the fiddle." She's got no way out. My, my, dun, dun. Spo- my sponsors are literally, literally canceling contracts. Oh, geez. oh no, they're right canceling now. us. We're doing this. They're <laughs> signing you on. They're paying you more. Huntworth they're has like, entered the no, chat. No, they're, like, they're, they're, they're like, they're like, we, we, we left you when you asked him about smelling his mustache. <laughs> yeah, that, that's where it went down. Oh, line. dude, you're good. They won't listen to this. Yes, Karen will shout out to Huntworth, man. Yeah. That's a, hey, that's Karen. That's uh, we're gonna get into that, but we got to get into so, so much to get. Where into. do we go? To? There's <laughs> here. so much to get into. Um, All right, so we left your twenties, slaying puss, <laughs> playing for Kenny Chesney, slaying puss. raking said, in the money. I never said anything about slaying. Well, puss. you implied it, and then uh, <laughs> you're and on a tour bus. You're okay? on a tour bus. You're just on a tour bus, and you're just killing it, dude. You're having a great time. How much hunting did got done in that time frame in your twenties? Because so, you're busy. So the early the early twenties, there wasn't a, there wasn't a ton. I would I would duck on a lot. The uh, Kenny hunt? No. Um, he's not against it by any means. Um, but but what's that? He ever shoot your bow? No, I don't think he did. Psst. Now that I think about it, <laughs> um, he was uh, he was busy doing other things. <laughs> yeah, being uh, Kenny Chesney. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> being a superstar. <laughs> yeah. So I um I I always kept duck hunting, and then um I it was my my brother in law, who my future brother in law. Who who really got me back in? Um, I started hanging out with him, and he lived in up, upstate New York, and he was bow hunting up there with his buddies, and and I went up there one, I think it was probably Thanksgiving kind of time, and uh, with my future wife, and uh, and he was shooting his bow and uh, hanging out with his buddies, and I was like, did I've been, you, I've been you, missing this. Did you, you know? meet her at a concert? I did. My guy. Yeah. But, hey, but hey, hold on, hold on. <laughs> uh, but I was right. There's another story. I, I okay. met her. I met her through some friends in the islands, which is also pretty much a. a, a <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. However you okay. want to look at it. Okay. So anyway, I started hanging out with him, and um, you know, it was it was reintroducing me to a. Uh, a part of my life that I had has, had been missing, which yeah. was which was reconnecting to my bush light drinking, uh, you know, redneck hunting no roots. You, you know it. what I mean? And and uh, Rob got me back into that. And so uh, bow hunting and and me uh, are you know and in, in my kind of reentry into that are it, it's all really attached to that. Mm-hmm. Shout out you know, to Rob. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Shout, Shout out, out to Rob. Rob. Hey, hold on, Rob. There we go. And, Rob, Rob's a good dude. What a great yeah, and ironically, Rob. Rob was the best man in both of my weddings. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait a minute. Time out. Yeah. How the fuck so does that Rob, work? Rob is my ex-wife's brother, <laughs> who I still okay. call my brother-in-law. Okay. Who is my best buddy, my best hunting buddy. Sure, your ex-wife and, and then, that. And then, and then he... Also was the best man in my in my <laughs> in my in my real way. Hey, just rednecks up there in New York. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I'm sure my ex wife loved that. Oh, you yeah. know, but like she is uh, actually uh, 
the mother of my daughter and a wonderful woman, and I can't say a bad word about her. Well, good for you for that. Yeah. That's rare. I'm, I'm lucky for that. Yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah. So but anyway, the real that, MVP, Rob. That yeah, guy. right. That's, yeah. So that's, yeah. Rob so that's, homie. that's how that uh, that's all got back back uh, cranking up again. And from literally, I remember that because I shot um, some some indoor archery stuff um, when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. So I loved shooting a bow. So it wasn't it wasn't like I I just had never shot a bow before. It was like picking a bow back up right. kind of thing. And I always wanted to bow hunt, but never got into never it. really got into mm-hmm. it. So like, man, I pick. I never forget he had a Matthews Outback, and I I picked that thing up and I shot it for the first time. And I was like, and I'm gonna go home and buy a bow. And <laughs> that quick. and and it was like. And and it was from then on, and so mm-hmm. that was that was the beginning of the um, the you know. <laughs> I mean, there's there's probably there's I've never said this, but it, you know, we talked about first wife and second wife, like <laughs> like literally, ironically enough, Rob introducing me to to the bow probably contributed to the demise of my relationship <laughs> you know what i mean you know so, yeah. you so know. shout out to rob yeah, shout out to rob. yeah. rob's a good dude yeah. i like rob man can we get rob on the show let's get yeah. rob on yeah. but but you know the way you I, I mean maybe it's you just i think the way we've navigated your story um because really you didn't we're, no, just we're going all over the place but but i think the way we've navigated your story has really showed that the two parts of your life kind of wide for a reason and then came back together at that's, the right timing you know that's like, right and then so and even then they weren't back together yet so like entertainment and hunting didn't come my entertainment life and hunting didn't come back together i have a i have some for some reason i have a a, a terrible affliction of turning uh my passions into businesses it's smart you, you know what i mean yeah, i don't smart. i don't know smart or dumb i think it's smart yeah and excuse me i got a burp and uh what uh what happened with the hunting thing was as i dove back into hunting i i started um you know watching more and more hunting shows again and stuff like that and i started meeting backstage these people that were quote unquote hunting celebrities well, now I'm hunting again. I mean, it's not that I'd never stop hunting, but now I'm really into deer hunting and I'm really into some big game stuff, yeah. you know. And I started befriending these hunting celebrities. So you and, got something else to talk and, about. Yeah. Besides well, music. also these these people are like the people they're they're like my my they're they're the my I'm not into like I'm not starstruck by music people. I'm starstruck by people shooting 200-inch deer. Right. right. You yeah. know what I mean? So yeah. like and so I met um I started meeting all these different people, and one of those people, uh, or two of those people, um, were Lee and Tiffany Lukoski really, really early on in the first season of their Getting Close. Getting show. Close, yeah. Like, and, oh, four? And, and they're Minnesotans. Yeah, and they so, are. Right. And right. so we, we, we connected over Minnesota, um, and the producer of that show, his name's Mark Baird, um, he ended up becoming the producer of my show years later. And and so I met Lee and Tiffany, and they were the first people to invite me on like a like a 
legitimate hunting show that was like doing really well. Mm -hmm. And they invited me on a turkey hunt and I shot my first ever, because growing up in Minnesota, we didn't have turkeys. There's, they're, they're there now, but there weren't when I was, so I shot my first ever turkey with them and it was on an episode with them. That's awesome. And then it became like a thing, like a regular thing. I was on an episode with them every year. Like they'd invite me on a deer hunt or a, I went, I took my first international hunt ever. I went up to um, the Arctic Circle and hunted caribou with them. And I did, I, I like, I started going on these trips with them. And through that, I started meeting all these people in the outdoor industry and everybody I met in the outdoor industry was like the coolest person I'd ever met. And right. I loved them. Yeah. And, and I'm still friends with a lot of those people today. So, so I started going to some of these trade shows. I go to ATA, I go to SHOT Show, I go to di these different things. And I started meeting all these different people. And all the time I've been be stayed friends with this guy, Mark Baird, who's the producer. So years later, I've got this music career, right? And I, I go off and I've played with all these different artists and I've had, my own music on the radio and I've done all these different things. And we were sitting around drinking beer one night and bitching about the shitty outdoor TV. You, the, the, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know exactly which oh, people yeah, I'm yeah. talking about. Let's call like, them out. First of all, number one, I was like, yeah, <laughs> it's like a Dave Letterman list of the shitty TV. Yeah, it's the cards. And, and, you know, number one. Yeah. And I, and I, I was sitting there, we were talking about it and he goes, all right, smarty pants. What if you had a show? What would you do? And he was like kidding. Uh -huh. And I go, that's fucking simple. I would have an Anthony Bourdain style hunting show. Yeah, good recipe. That's what I would do because no I love thing. Anthony Bourdain, and I would do that anyway. Like I would just. And he's like, that's actually a pretty fucking good idea. <laughs> you know, and holy I, shit, he's smarter than yeah, we thought. Yeah. And and well, so damn. and so we uh we and then there was another guy um, named Dame Watson. Mm -hmm. You guys know Dave Hell Watson, yeah, right? Dude, yeah. I mean, he's like a pioneer in yeah. the industry, right? So I got to be friends with Dave, and and Dave and I got to talking about this, and he's like, "No, no, no, you need to." Do Dave is a classic, uh, like person from my childhood television. Well, because days. all if you bought a Matthews bow back in the day, you got a DVD, and Dave Watson yeah. was on it. That's what right? I said. Yeah. I think Matthews. I think Dave Watson. Yep, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And so, so Dave and I got to be friends because Dave is ironically a musician from Nashville as well. A lot of people don't know that. No he, kidding. Dave used to play bass for the Oak Ridge Boys. No oh, shit. Yep. Hmm. So whoa. So whoa. what so, the hell is this world that we're living? Yeah. In? Right. So Dave and I <laughs> connected over world. that, and we got to talking, and and so, um. I, I was telling Dave, you know, like, I'm like, I, I, I got this idea. It's like I go around and I travel and we hunt and we do. And he goes, you know what you need to do? You need to get a ride to where you're going. I've never told any, but this is, you guys are the first pre people I've ever told this part of the story to. Hell yeah. So he, he, Dave Watson said, you need to get a ride from one of your celebrity friends to where you're going hunting. So you get on their tour bus or you get in a car with them. It's like coffee and cars with comedians kind of thing. Yep. Mm -hmm. And you interview them, you talk to them, and then you get dropped off and you go hunting. That was Dave's idea. And I was like, that's actually really cool too. That's yeah. very cool, yeah. So the pilot episode for the – for the and in fact, we'll post the pilot – the episode number one, we'll post it on YouTube soon because it needs to be out there. I got Charlie Daniels to take me on his tour bus. No fucking and, way. And – take me to, down to Mississippi to go turkey hunting. And on the bus, I interview him, and then I play Devil Went Down to Georgia with him on the tour bus. And then 
and then he drops me off. Did you shit and I your go pants? Hunting. Oh yeah, he's like my hero, man. You know, yeah. so being a fiddle player, yeah, you got, it's right? got to be like, your fucking my, hero. He's my hero. So it's like so so that was the original con. That's why it's Nick's Wild Ride, dude. That's awesome. But it's also, Nick's Wild Ride had like a like a double entendre, which was like you're just following me along on my wild ride. Yeah. It still worked. We we abandoned the the ride part of it after the first episode because it just wasn't sustainable. There was no way that you could find enough in eight seasons, a hundred plus episodes. Is everyone going to Kazakhstan? I'm taking fucking <laughs> yeah. Doug. I'm like, Doug, pick me up, please. Yeah. And then everybody's like, who the fuck is Doug? Yeah. Doug, Doug yeah. shows up on his, tra- <laughs> on his trail 70. Yeah. You ready? It's me, Doug. Here, put this on. It's a helmet. So, so th- that's a, but that was like kind of the, the, the development of the thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and it all be in the connection came back from, Meeting people backstage, then then getting to hunt with them on TV, then getting to know some people in the industry, and then it ended up the producer that that kind of sucked me in in the first place ended up is still the producer for my television show now. What's Very that, cool. What was that transition like, though? Like, did you just, like, quit Kenny Chesney, or did you to go do the hunting stuff? No, no, no. The, the, in, in between there, I, I left Kenny Chesney because I got my own record deal with a band called The Farm. Okay. So uh, it was a trio, and uh, we had two songs that were top 40 song. One of them was a top 15 song, did really, really well on the radio. Never had that big number one, but, like, that, you know, that's Phil, the dream. That's huge. That's the yeah. dream. I mean, like, getting a ma- I was on Warner Brothers. Like, getting a getting a major label record deal in the industry is, is like, threading a needle. I was, like, like you know, needle in a haystack. Kind Dude, of it sounds so crazy to like get be even in that like situation. Yeah. So, like, so it, it I'm so tough. I mean, it was, look, it was a big enough deal that I left the greatest gig of all time to go do it yeah. because that was my dream. Like I moved to town to, to be my own guy. I, right. I didn't move to town to be a side guy, mm-hmm. but I got into the greatest side guy gig <laughs> of all time. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah and so, yeah. so 12 years later, um, I got my own record deal and, and left and then, um, ironically, right about the time to answer your question, right about the time that my band was about to break up and we had had a couple songs on the radio and we didn't want it to break up, but it was, it was imploding pretty right. fast. It was like a black hole that was just, you know, about, about everyone star knew, that was everyone about, knew yeah. about to happen. And, and it was right about that time is right when we were starting to talk about the TV show. And, and so originally I was like, this is a good idea with the TV show, but maybe we should like find another host. Like, like like we have a great concept. Like, let's take this concept and find another host. And then all of a sudden, right about the time that the TV show was starting to maybe like get picked up by the network. Um, when we filmed the pilot and stuff, um, was right about the time the band imploded. So like, it's like, it's like meant to be meant to be. And so, the only downside of that is that um, you met Rob again. Yeah, I met Rob again. So, so, <laughs> so the, only, the only downside is that what happened was I um, it really sidetracked my musical career. I was pretty burnt out on music, and the the hunting thing. I just dove I dove straight into this TV show and started going all over the world and doing all this stuff. And um, now, only now. Am I finally releasing a new solo record? So I've got a new solo record coming out in the fall, it's which exciting. is which is really exciting. But like, so where can people look for that? Why we're that'll on be that? everywhere, ever? Okay. Yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. And uh, and I've got two 
you know, radio shows on Apple as well that you can go listen to on yeah. Apple Music anytime you want. One, it's called the Broken Ju- Jukebox Society, uh, where I go and interview all these artists about you know cool songs that are part of their lives. Yeah. If so, you ever yeah. have it on an actual vinyl record, can we frame it in here? Absolutely. Hang it on the wall. Oh, yeah. yeah. You got to sign it, dude. Yeah. Fuck sign yes. it. We'll, we'll do that. That would be awesome. I'll spray paint it gold just so you feel better. That'd be great. Because <laughs> it, it'll never that. go gold. Yeah. I'm sure. Hey. Well, you don't know. Yeah. You don't know. Hey, you don't know. This podcast can send you to the moon, brother. That's right. <laughs> so, hey, you're the biggest shit you've ever done in your life. You're going to grab onto that rocket again. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's pretty much the full circle, though. Like, now you kind of got the whole. After t- only took us probably an hour and a half, but dude, but, that's all but good. That, but that's that's the whole kind of circle of my life up to this point. I mean, there's obviously a lot in between there, but that's how I ended. It's a wild up. ride. Yeah, literally. Whoa, I see yeah, what, it is. Is. I see I what, see you, what did you did there. Yeah, it's very nice. But it is yeah. like that's a lot of really cool experiences, man. That not a lot of people get to have, and also. I don't want people to think that like that's not a hustle. That's a grind. Unlike I what I think most people probably ever understand. I appreciate you saying that. It it um it is. And it has been and it still is. Um but you know, I I genuinely believe that um the people that are willing to to just beat the pavement and and grind and put Take their chances put and- themselves out there. Those are the people that, that that make it. I mean, there's a there's a great there's a great uh, quote from Lee Iacocca, who was a CEO back in the day of of GM, brought brought them back from the brink. I read their book, read his book years ago, and it was really inspirational to me. And the first sentence in that book was, "There has never been a successful person in the history of time that didn't that wasn't willing to take leaps." Mm-hmm. And he expounded on that, and he said, you have to be willing to jump off the cliff if you want to get somewhere. The difference between successful people and not successful people is that successful people jump off of cliffs into water. They know what's down there. They believe in what's down there. Non-successful people just jump off and don't think about it, and they fall onto rocks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I was like, and yeah. I was like, dude, that's it. Don't be afraid to take leaps. Just just believe that and know what's what's down there. Yeah. And it's like me leaving Kenny is a great example. I didn't leave Kenny until I knew I had something else that was I. That was but it was also a huge gamble. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, for and, sure. Yeah. And, but and you it, had to try it. Yeah, it's exactly right. But I knew that there was somewhere I was going to land. For yeah. sure, yeah. You know what I mean? Sense. Yeah. And the same thing with the TV show. I I I started the TV show and absolutely put my myself out there financially and and uh business-wise to do it. But I but I all, I I knew that I was signed up with the network for a couple of years. I knew that I had a couple of yeah. years to figure it figure out, it out. Yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. So, hmm. you know, who knows you could still be playing with Kenny and not talking to us. <laughs> yeah, it could be. And what and, a loser! And, and, and what a loser! <laughs> that would suck. <laughs> I'd hate that for you. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> great. <laughs> what a loser! <laughs> what a loser! Sorry, we're doing okay. this to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, you know, he, he, hey, he's gonna fly home tonight because he hates us. Yeah, he's gonna be like, dude, you know, I was gonna stay the night and party, but those he guys goes, fucking he goes, suck. He, he goes, guess what? I'm jump, jumping back on my plane and flying home tonight. Yeah, I'm drunk. Yeah. I wish I would have laid it on rocks. <laughs> drunk driving the plane. You know, yeah, I'm drunk driving the plane. These guys suck that much. Yeah. yeah. Dear FAA, I am not flying home tonight. <laughs> yeah. 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 Boys, we got him. You hop in yeah. one of them, uh, the World War One planes that are flying. Yeah. 
it's crazy. I flew in here and there's all these uh, steermen. We've, we, I flew at Galesburg, right? Yeah, Galesburg. Yeah, yeah. I the, flew into the Galesburg, bird. Illinois, and uh, and there's there's uh, like fifty World War One steermen's there. It's there might the, have been more than that. It's the it's the annual gathering of the steermen's or whatever the hell it was. It's yeah. a bunch of cowboy old guys flying old planes around with no radios, and it was it was scary. I learned it's it the Harley scary. Bobber yeah. of airplanes. Yeah, it's what it is. It's like it's what it is. It's well, okay, Harley. not hunting related, not music related, but. What made you go get your pilot's license? Oh, dude. So my, my dad has always been aviation obsessed. We flew remote control airplanes when I was a kid. We went to air shows. We camped at a big, huge air show in Wisconsin every year. Um, it was near Oshkosh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We were, and we were just by that we for a deer show. Yeah. It's a huge deal. And so we went there every year. And so, um, I, I grew up with a love of aviation that was inspired by my dad. And my family is a family of engineer kind of minded people anyway. So like machines, I love machines, you know? And, uh, so anyway, I, um, right when I moved home from Branson, Mm -hmm. I was playing in bands four days, four nights a week, but Thursday through Sunday, but I had Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday every week. And I was like, I, I, I might as well pick up a job. So I want, I started pumping gas at, at the airport. Um, at the little airport pumping Ooh, gas that's, for that's a good gas too. yeah and uh <laughs> and uh and i and for the first couple of weeks i took a paycheck and then i started taking taking lessons and I, I all i did was just barter that time for flight lessons oh perfect and my dad always said if you're gonna play music you gotta have a backup and i was like well what's the one thing that i think i'd like to do in my life other than play music well it was fly planes and so i I just started yeah. so so I, I I wanted to go to Nashville with the idea of I wanted my pilot's license so that I could continue my pilot's education in case my music career didn't didn't work out. Yeah, yeah. And, and also then, you could fly home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm out. And so and so anyway, uh, luckily my music career took off, and then I kept flying for a few years, a lot like my hunting career. And then there's a pretty big gap in there, and then about. I don't know, gosh, pushing ten, eight, eight, nine years ago now, I uh I dove back into flying really hard. And uh it's so you cool. Know, been such a cool it's you know, flying it, again, it's one of those things kinda like bow hunting. Uh it's it's a thing that takes uh year round practice to, to be great at and mm-hmm. and and you never quit learning mm-hmm. and and I love shit like that. Dude, that's so awesome. It is awesome. Yeah, you got to have a, just a piece on you, brother. You just do cool <laughs> shit. One, <laughs> no. one cool thing no. after no, another. got a hog on. No, it's the opposite. I, 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 I <laughs> no, do, no, I do, no, no. I do cool shit because I've got a tiny penis. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, wait. That means I can do cool shit, right? <laughs> so that's why it's, I don't do cool <laughs> Damn it. It's so funny because it is true. It either goes one way or the other. <laughs> no, it's not true. God, what are you talking this about? That was a yeah, yeah, it was yeah. a joke. It was a joke. That's, That's not great. true. That's great. I didn't expect you to lean into it that way. Oh god, so funny, dude. Yeah, you you are just do cool shit. I love it, dude. And, and what bringing this all back in your show <laughs> actually is good. And and we're not like fluffing you here. Like I I enjoy it. It's a show that I can watch with my wife. My wife's cool yeah. with watching it. You know, so um, like they enjoy the travel and everything. And yeah, I appreciate that. And then we enjoy the. Sorry, I got a little distracted because you guys are rolling my show in here, and that's that I've bonus gear I was telling time. you guys about. 
This yeah, one happy. He came that's in. last year's bonus deer. What'd you oh, say? Yeah, it was like a. He's just a big, that's huge, a, your big, first, huge, uh, big, huge eight point that just walked in that we had never seen before. Wasn't yeah, it like your first rut. sit, first hour, yeah, or some yeah, yeah, shit? yeah. And he literally, this deer is a deer we didn't know. Oh. Didn't know nothing about him. He came in. He came in out of nowhere, and we call him a bonus deer because you know we we grow these deer and we follow them and we yeah, know yeah. them, and then you shoot one that you've never seen. Kentucky bulls and bucks know, is the it, video title. And uh, anyway, so call it the encore. That. Yep, dude, love it. So. Okay, this is the one where you went down the the mine and you're no, racing. No, no, no. Is it different? That's just, that. Or was is this one where you're racing your vet? Nope, that's different too. Oh Jesus! <laughs> yeah. So, um, talking. It's hunting. been a hundred. You got to remember now. Yeah, I've hurts. done over a hundred plus big game hunts all over the world. We need to outfit you with all our merch. That way, one of our t-shirts just might make it in a damn episode. Text us your address. So let's. I want to talk about hunts and some of the shows and stuff. But when did so we are partnered with Huntworth, been partnered with Huntworth yeah. for going on three, three years now, mm-hmm. roughly two, three years, and love it, love the gear. You all right, Jordan? He what, fell are you, what are you doing over there? Did you pull a Doug? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, been working with Huntworth for a while, love them, love the gear, and I've been slowly seeing, like, the, the catch-up from us talking about Huntworth and us using Huntworth yep. on different hunts from mexico to africa to mm-hmm. canada bear hunting but you have literally used it all over the world absolutely and i think people are now getting it because one it's affordable um they have their new system builder on their website mm-hmm. like they're becoming they're evolving into the working man's camo and clothing company but out with the performance that you want in a high-end yeah and and company i think that's why i i've um been a, a great advocate for them because the most of most of their audience and most of the people who buy Huntworth because it's an American company that are being sold at um, at places that the the average guy can access, right? <laughs> right. You know, Farm, what I mean? Farm King, Farm and, and Fleet, and yeah. so so I they they have believed in me from from a in uh, in love what what we've been doing for a long time, and at when when they when we started first talking about working together, I was already using their stuff because I loved that digital, the, the disruption camo. They yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's the best digital camo pattern that's ever been created. I agree. Yep. And, 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 and that's, that's, I'll put it up against any of the Sitka stuff, any of that mm-hmm. stuff, because, excuse me, God, I get, the, we're full of burps, yeah. man. It's a, uh, we're making him drink beer. Uh, we forced him to it, drink it, beer. And it's, it's the, <laughs> you know. it's, it's a great, digital pattern right and i was like this stuff is awesome yeah and i have you know been it's it's, so it started with the pattern for me and then when you start wearing the stuff and you realize that it's it's super technical it it it, there's no cotton everything dries easy everything that's what you need on a mountain hunt right Mm -hmm. like everything it has to break wind not fart. It has to break wind. <laughs> it has fart. to. It has to dry easy. It has to be lightweight. It has to so do all fit this good. Yeah. You know all that kind of stuff. They they fit the bill. And and then and then we started working together. And then they told me about what they had in store. Mm-hmm. What they were. What their what their vision was for one year, three years, five years. 
And I was like, man, this is a company that I'm into, Yeah, you know, and man, have they put their money where their mouth is. I mean, this new heat boost stuff. Oh, it's the shit. It's awesome. It's like, it's, it's game changing, right? I knew about that shit three years ago. Yeah. And I'm like, when are you going to put this out? When are you going to do it? But they didn't want to do it till they had it right. Yeah, for sure. And that is where so many companies go wrong in this industry is they put something out before they got it right. Mm -hmm. And these, these guys have done it. And now, you know, and the people behind Huntworth are just, Well, that's the whole thing. It's like, it's, it's, it's not, it's, it's a literally a privately owned all American dream yeah. you know what i mean these guys are these guys are east coast uh you know not the kind of people that you'd expect mm-hmm. to have a hunting company uh, uh, hunting, you know yeah. what i mean and i love that that's For that's sure. like god bless america yeah i mean like that's that's what huntworth is to me and then now tarnan comes out and my favorite pa- my, and, my favorite pattern ever by and, the way and there's new stuff coming down the line now yep. that we all know about we can't tell you about dude i'm and it's so like stoked. i'm so excited about all that stuff and it's like they're to me they're 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 the they're the they're the camo company that is used to be the underdog used to be the little guy yeah. and it's suddenly all of a sudden it's like changing. The, everyone's wearing like, it it's like they're like it's like a 12 year old girl that you you see four years later and she's seventeen and you're like, damn, you're a woman now. What happened? You know what I mean? Yeah. What happened? You know what <laughs> she I mean? Grew up. And that sounds really creepy. I guess that's a really really <laughs> creepy way uh, to go. Bad reference. Uh, yeah, 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 there. Thank you. Thank yeah, you for yeah, that. Yeah. But it's like, it's like, hey, Kurt, it's like, way better. Man, hey, I, I, listen. You. Don't give me too much credit. I'm yeah. going to ruin this by the time it's over. <laughs> <laughs> One like, second. <laughs> give me a minute. To me, Humboldt has always been awesome, but they they they're they're um they're playing in the big leagues now. Well, yeah. And 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 I yeah, yeah. and I and I fucking love it. And I love everything about what they do, yeah. who they are, and how they operate. And uh, I'm proud to be associated with them. I really am. Likewise, man. It, it's cool. I've always viewed you as the Huntworth guy. You know, <laughs> it, but it's. We started talking with Huntworth, and we they sent us some stuff to try and, and loved it. And I started wearing Disruption. Love that pattern. I just love Disruption. Good. I don't know why, dude. It's it's sick. I, I do too. That's but my favorite. Tarnan, man. They want me. I'm a freak. I love. I love I'm a freak it too. For Tarnan. But I'm I'm still I'm still gonna always go back to the Disruption. <laughs> me too. Much to Karen's dismay. We're I love, I love you know, some, we're the Disruption. Yeah, but brothers. you know what? That's all right. Uh, you know what? You know what I love about the, about them though? They um they don't just abandon patterns like a lot of companies will be like oh like leave that, that behind done. and then yeah they give like, you options yeah you know they're like no <laughs> disruption is still badass oh yeah but here's this yeah and i i think that's really uh i think that is a stamp Shelton hoodie of, what up best th- best garment they make in my opinion yeah oh, it's, like, and it's like it's that's a stamp uh, of approval from them too because they believe in what they do that's because they don't do anything again like we talked about till they've they yeah. know it's right well what i like you about know? them working with them is you know we've had you know i'm sure you've kind of felt the same thing with companies like well you know when we first started obviously have no audience now we have an audience and like our relationships and how we're you know when we first started no one took us seriously and we were, we're silly dudes you know but we're we we take our hunting very seriously we, yeah we i mean have you seen stuff. your ears i'm a freak of nature yeah I see my like, neck I, I, Dude, my mom cries herself to sleep <laughs> every other night she's getting a little better now Hey, Eric, welcome back. My mom still cries. Um, <laughs> but, so, you know, I haven't heard from her in a while. She's doing good. Um, 
I didn't even know what we're talking about. But uh, Huntworth, they they have basically, you know, what's get you included. Uh, what do you like? What don't you like? Yeah. What needs change? Well, what's wrong with the fit? Man, Where's the pockets need to be? That, that type of stuff. That's it. And and that's what the people that um, see the stuff on the rack don't know about a company, right? It's, yeah. it, it is is how do they operate behind the scenes, right? And and I've been I've had the great fortune and the disfortune, depending on how, how you depending on the company, yeah, right, to see it both ways. Huntworth literally like you said calls hunters mm-hmm. speaks has has very lengthy conference calls with the average joe and says give it to us straight yeah what's up what do you what's hate up? Yeah, what, what do you, do you love like? what do you we get hate? yelled at by them for not bitching enough yeah, yes. and 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 that That's that true. is so rare because usually it's death by committee Mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. or you got some executive that doesn't want to be embarrassed and doesn't want to. So you know, yeah. they, 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 the it's the opposite. Total they, opposite. These really guys, is. they, they, they literally say, "Give it to us." Now, whether or not they take that opinion and roll with it, it doesn't doesn't necessarily matter. But I guarantee you, if enough people say the same thing, mm-hmm. they're going to change with right. Them. Yeah. yeah, and definitely, and that is why I think they're the company. To, to, and that's to, what you want to, in a company. Well, and that's what, and that's why I think that. The hunt worth we know now is going to be ten times bigger five years. Five years, give it five. Because years. give it, because they're already everywhere. Right? Really? The last two they're, years, they're they're in Walmart. I mean, like like they're in everywhere. They every mm-hmm. everywhere you go, you see Huntworth now. But it's to me what matters to me is whether or not I can wear it when it matters. And for me, that means is it going to keep me alive on a mountain? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, and, like like what we're watching yeah. here, oh, for example, cool, literally, <laughs> and 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 so if if it'll keep me alive on a mountain, it'll sure as shit keep you warm in a deer stand, <laughs> right? Hundred percent. That and that and that's to me. Oh, that's, dude, that's uh, it. Our buddy Austin, which Austin, uh, the time of recording, Austin had his first day of Wyoming elk hunting. I don't, I haven't heard. Oh, I guess I haven't checked my phone. He uh, sent the picture. That was it. That's all we got. No, no picture of an elk, just scenery. No, by the time this episode comes out, he's already killed yes. a bull. Let's hope so. Um, Hopefully, he's out there rocking Huntworth in the Wyoming mountains. Um, but Austin killed a late season buck last year on the coldest day of the year, negative thirty three with wind chill, and he was rocking. God, it was fucking, yeah. it was fucking cold out, dude. I went and recovered it. it. Was like, it was a couple days before after Christmas. I can't remember. But I went out. I'm like, he's like, hey, you want to come out and film the recovery? I'm you're like, yeah, I'll come. Well, dude, at that time, that's like a cool thing. You know, it's that cold. It's like, yeah, let's go uh, risk our lives. Well, That'll be fun. And here's the thing. <laughs> so, and we can we can even stop the the Huntworth conversation on this because I do I do think it is the period on on the sentence. It, and 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 I argued for this even to be in an ad campaign because, in the in the end, is it the same like on on every level is it the same as Sitka or Kuyu or no it's different in a lot of ways it's it's different in its pattern it's different in its construction it's different they they they've thought about it from a different way and the reason the, the reason that's cool is they've able been able to make it less expensive mm-hmm. yes and so there's the same there's 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 so much value in in the in per cent Right, yeah. but the other side of it is it works. Mm-hmm. So, if it, why do you need to spend that kind of money if if you can get if you can get something that works and spend a quarter of the money? Yeah, like right. like at some point we need to break the cycle of believing 
that you need to spend $2,000 on your clothes on in, one jacket on one jacket in or you know you need to spend, have thousands of dollars worth of shit on you in order to kill stuff that is that is ridiculous. This is a it's a marketing campaign that has has sucked us really all. It is. has sucked us all in. And don't get me wrong, Sika and Kuyu make some great pieces. Yeah, they they make really nice. Stuff. It's all good. It's all good stuff. But man, we need to break the cycle of saying that we need to spend thousands to to have great stuff and kill stuff. Mm-hmm. It, that it's just that's it's an Instagram fashion show. Absolutely. And, um, and <laughs> it is, dude, it is. And, and the, and here's the thing, the hunt where stuff works. It, it works. works. It does. That's, that's what, dude, that's, if it didn't work, we wouldn't wear it. Cause we just couldn't, especially you, me you're, the, you're the I example. Couldn't I yeah. couldn't wear it. You're hunting Ibex and fucking could, God, could, could jerk things. a, wherever the fuck a stand you are. But dude, how sketchy is any country with the last name Stan in it? Very. Is it? Yeah. Very. I would assume. And in Kyrgyzstan that you were speaking of. Yeah, you're drinking just, horse piss. This is, <laughs> this is not <laughs> horse piss. Horse milk. You horse fucking milk. savage. Uh, this, this, uh, <laughs> this stuff that, that you're talking about here, the, the, this stand is the, is the easy one. Um, but there was some hairy stuff. Like, for example, when we were headed into the mountains and we were going down the... Yeah, you're um, rocking Tarnan up there, aren't you, boy? Oh, yeah. We're, we're, going, <laughs> we're going down these two-track roads that are Soviet-era military roads that literally you have six inches to Ugh. your death. If it, and there's an old man driving that is half falling asleep. Uh-huh, and blind a little bit. Yeah, and it's like it's night, and I'm like, I'm going to die. This is horrible. And then at one point, the road is washed out, and there's a there's a river there. And we cross over the river to the other side. And we're now we're bopping along, no road. We're just bopping along. Be the bopping other, along. And the guy goes, ha, 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 now we, in, we are in China. We were actually had crossed into China. Oh, boy. For a second. We, were, we are in China. <laughs> we are driving in China. And I said, is that a problem? He goes, no, 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 we do it all the time. I go, I'm pretty sure the Chinese are going to have a problem with me, an American, having a yeah. gun in China. Yeah. I'm pretty uh-huh. sure of that. China. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's fine. Yeah. And it's, you know, no, 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 we do it all the time. It's fine. And I'm like, get me to the other side of the fucking river How long right are you now. in China? Like 10 minutes. Let's oh, you made it 10 minutes around. too long. Yeah, yeah. Because And then we, once the road had, was not washed out anymore, we crossed the river again in the, for, oh, in the Forerunner. Okay. So you're just... go back they over. Made a, they made a beaten path to get around the washout. Yeah, but it was like, yeah, exactly. We just <laughs> He just decides, he's like, no, don't worry about that. We just go over the river. He's like, ha-ha, we're in China now. It's nighttime in China with the guns. Yeah. And we're bopping along. Shit like that. That's where the stands... Are sketch. Know, Dude, that Ibex is sweet. God, it's badass. It's really cool, man. That would be, that. I really, I think I'd like to shoot an ibex. I just don't know if I want to go. Like they're in Spain. I go to Spain. Yeah, but I want this. That's a mid, that's a mid Asian that. ibex you're talking about. Yeah. There. Uh-huh. And you can see this episode on YouTube. And this episode's and, great. And um, this is I'm at I'm <laughs> literally at fifteen thousand feet there. That's a little high. How cold was it? Um. That that it was in August. It was late August, so it wasn't terrible. Fifteen but it, but it snowed, thousand, but it feet. snowed at night. Every it's night. right. It's snowing right there. Fifteen thousand yeah. feet. How'd so, you not die? So it's snowing. So it's not terrible. Is my point. You know what I mean? But again, Huntworth, I'm wearing that shit. You there, are rocking. And, it. You know, 
And there's no doubt that you're not. Um, you're way the fuck up there, bro. Yeah. I got food poisoning on that trip, and that sucked. Yeah, I wonder why. Was it all the horse <laughs> milk you drank? <laughs> you're talking about the fermented horse milk they made me drink, which is a, a delicacy there, and it was the most awful thing. And they offered it to you, and you have to you have, you have, have to, to drink. You have to, you have to drink. graciously be happy, and it's like you're like, yeah, this is great. How much of it did you have, did you like actually drink? Not a ton, as little as possible. Do, do they just like sip it or something? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, at least I did. Jeez, man. Yeah. What an adventure. So how many Ibex are there? You said there's like seven oh, of them? There, no, there's a lot of different Ibex. So That's uh, the biggest kind though, right? Uh, n- the Mid-Asian I might, might be one of the biggest, but I'm not 100% sure to be honest. But uh, there are the Gobi Ibex I think might be bigger, which is in Mongolia um, as far as body uh-huh. and whatnot. Um, but there are there's an ibex slam in spain which is four four different ibex just in spain alone oh really so let's go to spain Wait, is, then, this, is this it where you drink it yeah that's yeah, where he drinks it yeah and then were you uh, ever scared over here uh only when i went into china that was the only time that i was scared to death oh i, I was bet sure so. i was sure that someone's like, gonna find you yeah they were there they were gonna come out of nowhere yeah. and kill us you know what i mean how many like, white people like, they why see is an american ibex like where you're at right now um, right. The, uh, quite a few i would say that and this is something that's really interesting to talk about on a conservation level. That's the, the yeah, that's the fermented it. horse milk. It right looks here. good. Yeah, it does look it looks good. Like milk. Looks like coconut milk. Give me some Oreos. Uh, Let's the, do this. The the <laughs> you <need> Oreos. <laughs> you pulled an Oreo. Ask him that. He pulls an Oreo out of the pocket. Sorry, Nick. To work. answer your question, American dollars um, fund probably you know, and, and this is me making a number up. Yeah, but I I I'm sure that it's at least seventy five percent. Oh of conservation dollars everywhere else in the world. So the the old adage of in this this goes to show in the America America as well. Like the white tailed deer was almost extinct at one point, right? Mm-hmm. And then and then we decided to protect it, right? And it paid if it pays it stays is the point. Right. So we started to figure out that not only will, can can white tailed deer uh you know give us sustenance and give us you know uh give us uh enjoyment but also it raises all this money for conservation right mm-hmm. and with with the Robertson Pittman Act and all these all these different uh you know license dollars well you take it overseas the reason that there are elephants the reason that there are rhinos the reason that there are uh um ibex uh the, the reason there are Marco Polo sheep all these things that were nearly extinct literally have been funded by 75% at least by hunter dollars. Mm-hmm. If it, we, it, we, it's like we talked about earlier. It's ironic. It's a paradox that the very things we, we want to hunt are, we love them so much that we protect them for sure. Yeah. And, and cause we want them to be there, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's the same reason that you don't just shoot every deer you see. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and that's what yeah. Stu- and, Stuart, our guy from Africa broke that down real well when we were there. He's like, these animals over here didn't have a price tag on them. They would right. not be here. They kill them on. There'd only be cattle. There'd I was cattle. just I was just in South Africa last this last week, and I got to be part of a uh, rhino conservation thing where we we uh, got to doctor some rhinos and stuff. You like a green hunt type thing. Well, it was less about that and more about I did. Yes, the answer is yes, but it was it was less about me hunting and more about me being there and seeing like 
the conservation dollars at work because they had to doctor these rhinos. I get to be part of, I get to touch one and be there. You yeah, know, that's it was like, cool. It was yeah. incredible. And, and, and this, this guy started, oh, that was oh, a good one. Jesus. Is that a this, this, <laughs> <An> Ibex? <laughs> An Ibex call. There it is. It was a Eurasian Ibex call. This guy started with two pregnant female rhinos that he bought with his own money that he had raised by selling buffalo hunts. Whoa, cool. Now, like, like, uh, like, Cape Buffalo. Cape Buffalo. Yeah. Now he has 300 white rhino. What? Wow. 20 years later. Holy so he has, shit. And, he, and he pays $20,000 a month for security, poaching security, uh, through his own, I mean, he pays for all this. 20 grand a month, a month to make sure they don't get poached. Poached. All of that is funded by hunting, hunting dollars. Wow. Dude. Think about that. This is an animal that was almost extinct 20 years ago. And it's all because of the mythical aphrodisiac and the Asian trade market right. is what's trying to kill these things. So this dude's spending twenty grand a month of hundred dollars to keep these things from being poached. Yeah. Here, here's some, here you want the ultimate oh, that's irony. So, of, that's so frustrating. You want the ultimate irony of, and you won't get, you won't get me to to step on a soapbox very often about the greenies and about uh, environmentalists because you know, hey, God bless America. We all have a voice, and that's what matters, right? Yeah. But where they're wrong is um, they 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 literally try to change your mind versus accept. And I'll I'll actually use legal marijuana as as a great example. <laughs> People are going to be smoking weed no matter what, mm-hmm. right? They so you always might, have been. So you might as well legalize it, and you might as well make some regulate it and make some money from it. Yep. Right? Okay, so that's my personal opinion. Um, the same thing goes for the the rhino horn. Chinese people have been using rhino horn in their medicine for whatever reason they want it yeah. for thousands of years. No environmentalist, no greenies, ever going to change that. Yeah, that's a good point. And so, so what? What these people, for example, this guy has millions of dollars worth of market value worth of rhino horn because he cuts the right the horns off so that they won't get po- poached yeah he has it sitting in a warehouse millions of dollars worth if they would flood the market with that that's what Stuart was saying it would yeah. instantly stop poaching what the fuck let's do let's get some shit why moving. the hell wouldn't they do that the, the namibian government the South African government alone are sitting on like a billion dollars worth of market. Yeah. Stewart was the just horns. telling yeah, us about Stu- this when yeah, he was Stuart here was last week. And, and, yeah. and, and, and the Namibian government recently, I think it was... It was it won- Namibia? Hunting was... It's illegal in Namibia? Or what was the northern country? What's that? Um, in Africa. They just like outlawed hunting all the Oh, that was Zimbabwe for a Zimbabwe, while. Zimbabwe, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, but, no, no, I'm sorry. The Botswana. For Botswana. Yeah. And, That's but, where the but, guy burned all the... But, the, well, they, but they just burnt a bunch of rhino horn. Yeah. So they, they burnt like millions of dollars of rhino horn. If if they would just literally accept that these people will never, never stop having an appetite for it, they could stop poaching tomorrow. But oh god, but how but for whatever reason, for whatever reason, that we we want to we the especially environmentalists think they're going to change our minds. They're, that the, mm. changing minds takes bizarre. generations. Yeah. It, it doesn't. It doesn't yeah. happen overnight. Well, it's a generational like tradition at that point over there That's in their right. culture. So it's like you're never gonna change. Yeah. And so you know, I'm I'm really proud to be affiliated with like the the SCI Foundation and people like that 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 
that fight the good fight on Capitol Hill mm-hmm. to make sure that 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 the hunters that go over there can export the things that they they bring back that they 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 fight for regulations like we're just talking about they they fight for that stuff and if you're not a part of an organization like that you should be it's like $35 a year I'm a member yeah. of SCI you know what I mean and Pope and, yeah. and it's like exactly and and both those organizations <clears throat> fight on Capitol Hill to make sure that we can still um not only have the rights we have, but they, they do a lot more than you realize to make sure that they can still go hunt them. Well, and also that, that the re, you know, again, they protect the fact that the reason that those animals are there is because of hundred dollars for sure. And they protect that fact. Like the environmentalists don't want to admit that, 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 that hunters hunters are paying for this stuff. It's not NGOs. NGOs do pay for, that's why I said 75%. There's 25 percent of that that's being paid by, by organizations that raise money, mm. you know. But man, there's a lot of hundred dollars out there mm-hmm. that that are are flowing around to to save a lot of animals. Dude, the rhino thing irritates me, man, and that irritates a it's lot so more bizarre, people. It's so bizarre, dude. It's that well, it's even an issue anymore. It's stuff yeah. we never really. It's stuff that you know is the information's kind of out there. But you know, we went to South Africa last year for our first time. We're going back next year. Right. We fell in love with like. There's a lot we didn't know that like came to light to us where we're like, ah, okay. like Well, that's what happens in Africa. So yeah. I, I was just like you guys, Illinois, Iowa guys. Yeah. I'm a Minnesota boy. I never in a million years. I, like Africa was like this thing I read about in magazines. Yeah. But I, it's a Jim Shockey thing. But if, it's if, out you, touch, if you yeah. had said to me, do you want to go hunt in Africa? I'd be like, nah. Yeah. Not really. I'd be like, someday. Yeah. Not yeah, right now. Yeah, I, yeah, 90% like, percent of our listeners were that way until we went. And I think we got... A, and thirty percent of them maybe to change so a little. Everybody I knew told me this one thing. They said you will be planning your second trip back to Africa while you're you, in Africa. Exactly, hundred percent. And exactly I was like, the same oh, thing. fucking whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And and I'll be damned. And I've been over there ten times now. Yeah. And I'm obsessed with it. And I'm the more I'm over there, the more obsessed I get with it. Now I'm obsessed with hunting uh, with a double rifle. Which is basically like bow hunting with a gun, because mm-hmm. you have to be within like forty yards. Oh, yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? And it's old school, like Ernest Hemingway shit. You're carrying around this fifteen pound rifle. Excellent. You know, it's it's it, and it's like the more you do it, the more you get caught up in the traditions and the and. But for me, what's what I've become smitten with is the conservation angle of it. Mm-hmm. Like, man. People just don't realize how much hunters have saved. For and, sure, and yeah. it's the buffalo, the deer, the elk. I mean, just the just the Kentucky elk project alone, just just the reintroduction of elk into the east of the Mason Dixon line. Mm-hmm. Insane. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Just that alone, just that story alone is strictly funded by hundred dollars. There is zero money from from non-hunters that got put into reintroducing the elk. Well, you know, that's... And, and if there is, call me wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I, I hate to make it that blank. But to my knowledge, that's that's RMEF, and that right. is that is it's SCI, yeah. that is that is the state of Kentucky, and then later on the state of Tennessee. That is, that is man, that's $100 that funded that. Well, we, like, I that's incredible. That's incredible. So cool. It's huge. It, it's... I really thought, like, when we went to Africa last year... And we all killed a lot of great animals, right? And, yeah. But Eric shot a giraffe. 
<laughs> and, and which is like crazy. I that. And I, I thought Eric was going to like, oh, I'll post this group photo of all of us in this giraffe while we're over there. And I'm like, ah, wait till we're home because I don't want like some vegans showing up and like burn your house down. Like, yeah, right. Oh, we, we talked about that. We had that conversation. Oh, 100%. We're, we're, we're yep. joking around about it now on the show, but like we legitimately talked about that. Yeah, that was a legitimate like, you know, conversation we had. Someone might not understand this and burn your house down when they know you're in Africa still. Let's wait till we get back that way when CNN calls, we can get our clip on ties and go on and like <laughs> look like goons. And uh, maybe a couple of people maybe were like, why the fuck would you do that? But I thought it was going to go nuts. Yeah. But, you know, you weren't a, a hot chick. It would have went right. different if you were a hot right. chick, you know, but also it's movies. about how you present it. We okay, were clean and, with it, and too. And that, that, this goes back to what we were talking about way back in, you know, fucking five hours ago or whatever it's been now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and which is the fence sitting, right? If if you present your your trophy or your harvest or whatever the hell you choose to call it, if you present it in a way that is palatable to everyone – if you make an effort to do that, and some people will go, fuck those guys. Yeah. There's no reason that I should have to pander to, yeah. look, no, okay, that's, that's, that not is for everybody, that, but, the, but exactly. I disagree with you because I want to protect my lifestyle. And unfortunately, that's the world we live in. Mm -hmm. yep. And, and I choose to not say, fuck those guys. I choose to say, I'm going to play your game. And, because I think I can convert more people by presenting hunting in a good light than presenting in a bad light. Yep. End of story. Yeah. The way you presented your giraffe is directly related to the fallback you got. We got none. Really. A fallout you got, I mean. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. You presented it in a good way that showed that you ate it. You showed how you skinned it. You showed what you did with it. Mm -hmm. You didn't just shoot a giraffe and go, look at me. Put your right. your yeah. leg up on That's, it with yeah, your knee 100%, up. Yeah, yeah. All that stuff. The egotistical 100%. type. Yeah. And because what most people don't realize is that that isn't – even the dudes that present the, the – the show the, the hunting picture with the tongue hanging out in the back of the truck with the deer – what most people don't realize is that dude's eating every bit of that. Yeah. Unfortunately, right. he just sucks. Or sloppy. Or he has literally been his his grandpa did a picture like that. That's and his right. His dad did a picture like yeah. that. Yeah, that's so right. He doesn't that's know any different. Yeah, he doesn't know any different. Yeah. So the whole idea that is I think we just need to we need to promote just Man, put a little thought into it. Show some respect. Dude, we have Show got some respect hate. to the animal. We've got hate for, and this is a little side tangent. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Like, that's what we should yeah, do. Yeah, and I'll get shit for saying this right now. It's There's part of it. Part of it. That You know why it's part of it? Because your dad did it and your grandpa did it, that's which right. I have, which by the way, I have total respect for. I've done that oh, too when I was younger, didn't know right. any better. Me too. Same. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, We've all done it. I think that I think that the mark of a good man is being willing to change. But also, and, too, in our defense, in that when we were twelve, the internet realm around. was not what it yeah. was. So it really That's never. Right. Yeah, it might have got posted later or got posted then, but not everybody was on Facebook. That's right. All the anti-hunting groups weren't on Facebook. It was more something that, like for example, my uncle. I gave that printed out photo from thirty thirty minute development center thing at Walgreens and I gave it to my uncle because I wanted him to put in his man cave put it on his cork board that's right. right and that's where it stayed or you wanted it up at the bow shop and but by the way you're preaching to the choir there so uh, right. uh, uh, like your side of the fence people hey, dude you if you show me a picture of the the buck your buck when you first walked up to it it's going to be 
the real photo, right? Like yeah. like the tongue hanging out the whole nine yards. That's what I'm going to see, and I don't care because that's I know what that is. Yep, We've it's all a, done it. it's no different than than the trophy the trophy board at the at the bow shop. You're preaching to the choir. Yeah. Nowadays with Instagram, this is what we talked about. We're talking to fence. You're preaching to everyone. We're preaching to everyone. Yeah. That's exactly right. And and I think I think we have a it I think we have a mandate as hunters to protect our lifestyle. And the best way to do that is just to be a little a little thoughtful. It's to the person that says to me Man, it's just, you know, it's just the way it is. Okay. Do you love hunting? They would answer yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well then, let's uh let's let's talk about something else you love. Do you love getting laid? Hell yeah, brother. Yeah, so, right? I the guy the guy, the guy would say I love getting laid. I'll be, I'll, I'll play that guy. Right. I'll play so, that guy. So, yeah, so yeah, okay. There you yeah. go. So you're going to go into a bar, you're a single man, you're going to go into a bar. Are you going to uh you gonna try and put on your best duds? Hell yeah! You gonna wear your best cologne? Damn right I am. Why? Because you want to get laid. Yeah, I want right? to find me some, some ladies. <laughs> so I'm gonna go real you're, deep. You're gonna, you're, you're gonna go <laughs> deeper, a little deeper than I was looking for. But you're gonna, <laughs> okay, yeah. sorry. I want to yeah, be yeah, looking, Bring her back. Bring Hell her back. Yeah. You're licking Hell your yeah, lips brother. over there. It's a little weird. Hell yeah! But the, the whole point is, if if you want to achieve something. <laughs> mm-hmm. You do then whatever. put your best foot forward. That's right. That's it. it like you're not going to go into a bar and try and get laid without your best duds and your and your best. In in and you're going to take a great a, point. You're going to take a shower. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, and, you ain't showing dick pics <laughs> yeah. at the bar. That's like, you, don't, you just walk in there with the dumbest shit in your dick out. No, of course not. And so and so it's such a good analogy. It's a great analogy. And, and so so put the tongue away. Yeah. <laughs> clean the clean the blood up. Yeah. And 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 all you're going to do is attract more people. That's it. That's right. That yeah. that's my opinion. It's shown in a light that probably the fence sitters aren't used to seeing or if they are it might like they also have a cooler picture. Yeah. That's right. And no, don't get me wrong. There <laughs> is true. a yeah, okay, so let's talk about the flip cooler. side of that. There are a shitload of photos out there that are complete bullshit. You know, the 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 elk into the into the wide angle lens that makes it look way bigger than it is. Yeah, Just like the, the old fish and, fish and I'm guilty of a few of those photos myself. We all are. We all are. Well, sometimes it happens on accident and I'll make a perfect example is my sable photo. Yeah. That thing is a big sable. I shot a 45-inch sable. It's big. But it looks eighty inches. It looks yeah. huge, you know. But also, it's all about um, the angle, of the dangle. You that's know just how they want to suppose. I mean, hey, I ain't mad at it. Yeah, but that's the whole thing. Is like, like, my I, like I think, I think we all, we, we also could do a, a decent job of not taking fake ass photos either. Let's yeah. just be real. Yeah. But also, let's just try and keep it respectable. Because in, in my opinion. It's all about the animal, man. Like, 100%. Yeah. We, you know, it's like if you kill something, the least you can do is give it some respect. Yeah, I'm, I I don't like this, you know, and I know maybe I'm guilty of them with some, um, I, you know, I'm, we're all talking about the evolution of us. Like when I was a kid, I used to, I take some photos of me straddling the deer. Yep. Yeah. I try not to do that anymore. I don't like, if I can help it, I don't like to step over an animal. Um, it just feels too like. That was a like, classic pose back well, Back yeah, the, the truck photo where you're stepping over. We've all done that, right? Like, yep. But nowadays, now knowing better and now having more time invested in it, I try not to have photos of me stepping over the animal. Sure. I try not to really step over the animal ever nowadays, or, like out of the or respect. Or if you're gonna if you're gonna do that, that just save that for your. <laughs> 
you want to talk about going back to hanging your dick out. It's like save your dick pics for your for for, for lady for your lady. You yeah. know what I mean. Yeah. Lady and, and save your and save Pin your folder. and save your straddling photos for your boys. You know That's what I mean. Right. There yeah. you go. I you took know? this one real quick. Didn't prop it yeah, up. Hundred percent. Yeah. It, because because in the end. You never know nowadays who's looking at it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, I just think that's important. It, it is very important. It's probably the most important, really, with the internet nowadays. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. weird to think about, like, anyone in the world could look at your well, and they And they do. Yeah. And, and, you, and, and very rarely do I ever post anything that doesn't, uh, that doesn't get at least uh, a few haters from somewhere, like, do you probably get a way more than well, me? Out of nowhere. Like these it's people me. from like, yeah, these people from like <laughs> what? some like, you know, <laughs> some country I've never heard of going, you know, you killer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there, the people, people notice people, people pay attention. And, um, again, there's the other people that go out there going, fuck them. Yeah. And that's fine. That's up to you. Hey. But my, my personal, my personal opinion, and that's what I do with my show. Just try to. Your try show to, I mean, is try perfect. Keep, try to keep it in the center, man. That's perfect it. example. I was uh, showed a picture of my draft to this lady this past weekend, you know, and she's like, "Oh, why would you do that, Mike? Where were we? I could have said, where you know, hey, we? fuck you, you know, but I explained it to her. I'm like, hey, like <laughs> this is we donated all the meat to an orphanage. Where like, were you at? Where did you? Yeah. Show? At Don, we had our local Donahue days. Donahue days, yeah. And uh, I explained to her, you know, like if. These animals weren't worth anything. We wouldn't have them anywhere besides zoos. That's right. Yeah, and that's really, it. it's the only place to be. You know, and I explained to her like it goes back to the community, goes to the orphanage. All that meat gets donated, mm-hmm. and then it really ch- opened her eyes and changed her mind, which was awesome. That shot that you just had on your show, Nick, looked yeah. fake. That's not fake, but that place looks crazy. Oh, it's that Mexico. beach shot. That's, that's Mexico, Mexico, man. Sonora. Sonora, uh, you'll, there's actually a line, and I know we're probably getting end, to the end of the line here, speaking of, but there's a line in an episode of, of a new new episode from the new season coming up in which I talk, I go back to Sonora. And I've been to Sonora four times. I've been to Sonora more times than I've been anywhere in my show other than Africa. Oh, really? Um, and, 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 of course, my own farm in Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. Um, but... Um, I've been uh, been to Sonora, and I say there's a there's another woman in my life who I have a love affair with that I uh, that I just can't get enough of, and yada yada yada. And her name is Sonora. Ooh. And and the reason I love Sonora is I that she's that. all at once wonderful, and she's dangerous because she's full of. You know, drugs and terribleness and all this <laughs> shit. And then she's also full of culture and all this cool stuff. Sonora, Mexico has smitten my heart, man. The desert mule deer. Yeah. The desert sheep. The coos deer. Yep. The javelina. The turkey. They, they, they've got a Everything. different kind of whitetail down there that they, they, we don't really? have. Yeah, down in the southern part. Uh-huh. Like they've got – they're just – Sonora is wherever the hell you're at. In Sonora, there. I was in Sonora in January and I took time. my first coos. Yeah, wherever you're at looks way more fun than I was. <laughs> I'm on. I'm on the beach there, uh, where uh, I'm, I'm literally looking at Tiberian Island, which you probably heard of, uh, which is uh, which is kind of where they brought back the desert sheep. Yep, yep. Then they. I'm on the mainland on the other side, which is this family I'm with. Uh, they they brought back the desert sheep. Very really. Cool. That's really huge. Cool. Yeah, really cool. Dude, I uh, I was 
kind of sketched when I was there. A little yeah, dude, bit, it's but. sketchy. I've had a I've had a couple of experiences in Sonora with drug art, drug cartels that were scary. Yeah, yeah. I, we were around them. I didn't feel threatened at all. But dude, it looks exactly like I look. That looks like yeah. the mountain I killed my buck on. You know yeah. what I mean? Like <laughs> that's Coosier country. Yeah, yeah. It looks exactly like where I was, like to a T. Which of course it all kind of looks the same. But yeah, uh, yeah I mean. I think they're more worried about human trafficking than drugs when I was there, but which maybe that might change some of the attitude with them yeah, well, a little bit. But obviously, people would love to traffic you. I'm sure. You know, blue-eyed <laughs> white boy with tattoos. Fucking yeah, dude. Now nah, they looked at me. Top they're like, list. "Listen, this guy's got bigger issues than we want to deal with. <laughs> Ain't no one fucking bailing him out of shit. They don't even know this guy's gone. Yeah, <laughs> we could get him on ransom for. Does your this might be kind of a random question, but does your family ever go with you on trips? Any of these My trips? wife will go with me every once in a while. Does just Sonora? Yeah, yeah uh, just in general. Really? You yeah. know, yeah. She'll she'll go with me when she can, but. It's not as often as I would like. Yeah. Right. Um, the problem is with my show is that it doesn't the 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 fun doesn't stop at the hunt, right? Then I then I go film all the traveling. I mean, the average episode for me takes almost two or three weeks. No kidding. Yeah. Which you know, the average hunting episode, like a hunting show you see on Outdoor Channel, takes three or four days. Yeah. 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 Right. You know what I mean? So I put a lot of time into this. But I like that, man, because like you just showed like you getting some food and, and drinks and stuff. It kind of gives you like culture of the culture, area. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's a nice switch up from what you're Appreciate like, that. you know, the whisper and pointing. Yeah. Well, I'm having a lot of fun, man. Literally, if you watch my show, you're literally watching a dude that is systematically checking off his bucket list. I love it. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm doing. I will say I this amazing. with air quotes. This is not the co- cookie cutter show. No, no I, way. I, I, I am watching. I, I'm. You are watching me just, just, just chasing my dreams, like doing, yeah. doing things like this desert sheep that we're watching right now, dude. That is something that farm kid growing up in Minnesota could have never imagined, mm-hmm. never get to do. Well, I like you know. watching it with you. It's cool to kind of like ask you questions as we watch your show, it. which is awesome. But all of a sudden, Kurt walks dude, by in the background. I, the I was there. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, I didn't. Uh, yeah, I was there. No, it's uh, dude. It's been an honor to have you in studio and 100%. have these fun conversations. And I'm looking forward to more conversations yeah. in the future with you and hanging out. Um, and more we, we have we have uh, racked up almost a dozen bush lights on, uh, <laughs> huh? in the in the. We did. We did. So oh, this is a, any, this is a light night. I'm I'm saying any any time that there's a, this much beer drank in a pod, drunken drinking drunk it doesn't in matter. a podcast <laughs> they disappear. I'm in. So we'll we'll do it again. We might drink I, one or two after. this, I hear too. you guys have a 600th episode mm-hmm. coming up soon. Well, you want to be a part of that one? You might you might have to get me back for that one. Ooh, okay. okay. Can, we, can we get an encore? I'll bring a guitar. Yeah. Dude, here's the thing. I'm going to give you this, and the same thing I told another potential guest. It's going to be six hours long. <laughs> I'm not kidding. It's going to be a six-hour-long episode Let's right now dragged out if here. we live. And I said, listen, you just got to know what you're getting yourself into. <laughs> and they said, okay. I think he fits in. Okay, well, I can tell you this. I'm not scared of any of you motherfuckers. <laughs> okay. Well, we ain't going to try and fight you. Doug might try and do something else. But... <laughs> hey, hey, hey. He spent 12 years on fucking a tour bus. Yeah. Yeah. He's seen some We're, shit. We should be more scared of you. I spent more than that on a tour bus. I tell you right. that. Dude, your boy played a fiddle his entire life. He's seen some <laughs> shit. Are you bringing a guitar or a fiddle? Whatever you need. Shred them okay. both. Whatever, 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 whatever you're you, feeling. Whatever your no, little whatever Yeah, whatever you want to do. Yeah. Yeah, listen. I'm in. If you're in, dude, we'd love to have you. I, I got to pee. Okay, we're out. We're out. Where can people find you? Uh, <laughs> Nick's Wild Ride on everything. 
Cool. Instagram, Facebook, Google, uh, Google, uh, Instagram. Uh, so I already said Wikipedia. that. Uh, YouTube. That's what I meant. All that stuff. It's all Nick's wild ride. Huntworth and commercials. Course, Huntworth commercials, and of course, uh, the brand new season starts uh, at the end of September in on Outdoor Channel. So awesome. What Thanks, else? Uh, real quick. When's your album coming out? Uh, end of October. October. And you can also listen to my radio show on Apple Music anytime you, you want. Dude, you are everywhere. You are. Yeah, my, Doug, my, what you got? Uh, thanks for flying in. Thanks for coming. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I love you too. Damn, Let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> hey, thanks, man. Thanks, brother. You See know ya. what to do. Go shoot your boat. We love you. Peace. Go shoot your boat. <laughs>